Welcome back, friends, to another episode of the Zephcast, the show where we get to know your favorite content creators, streamers, and podcasters alike. I am your host, Zephyrs XP, and with me today, we got Twitch streamer, leader of the Mana Bay, and my kick-ass friend, the awesome Decoy Mana on the show. Thank you so much for being here today, Decoy. How's your day going so far? Good. Day's going pretty good so far. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Kind of waking up got my coffee got some awesome friends yeah. i'm i'm super excited <laughs> nice and early for you <laughs> right nice and early um yeah do you usually usually stream more towards the nighttime, right yeah so uh right now it's about nine o'clock in the evening for me this is after work this is the normally the time i stream but because of the time difference i'm a super early morning streamer it turns out <laughs> right right usually stream like bright early i think you're you're still live kind of like as i'm usually getting up ready to get everything going so yeah time yeah, time so... zones are fun <laughs> <laughs> oh the best yeah right um do you usually find like in the morning you have more oomph to kind of stream whereas like evening times you're just kind of dead and tired uh no, not really. I'm much more of a night owl. As the sun goes down, all of my energy comes up. It's it's a problem. <laughs> nice, nice. I've 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 thought about like trying to stream at night times a little bit, but like every time 7 p.m., 8 p.m. comes out, I'm just like already dead tired, and I'm like I couldn't imagine going live and having some oomph to be able, you know. <laughs> oh God, yeah, I know. Sometimes. <laughs> It, uh, it depends on the day. Yeah. Some days are better than others, for sure. Every day is a little bit different. Um, so first off, I always love to start the podcast with an icebreaker question, something a little bit fun. Do you think you're ready to dive into a decoy? I think so. Here All right. I got a really good one today for you. If given, okay. if given the ability, would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or travel to the future to meet your descendants oh that's a tough one i think for me personally i would go back in time i yeah. like the idea of the future kind of being a bit unknowable yeah. <laughs> that it's uh unpredictable that there's still like all this possibility it would bum me out if i went there and i <laughs> saw that maybe i made some terrible mistakes right or it's like split in, a, in, in a weird place I'm but i i also, I have a lot of love for history, um, yeah. so I think going back and seeing what kind of connection I had to the past would be really interesting. That would be really, really cool. I almost think if you if you kind of think about it, knowing what we know nowadays, if we went back in the past, we would almost be like like a god figure or like so knowing or so already have all this future insight for everything. But if if we went to the future, we'd be almost like bumbling around like what is going on? Everything is so different, you know? That's true. We would be prehistoric. <laughs> right? So out of touch. Why is everything <laughs> flying? What are these lightsabers? What is going on? Exactly. <laughs> what are these lightsabers? <laughs> Everybody's just walking around with lightsaber like it's nothing. That's that's definitely on the cards. That's a, a technology that has to happen. <laughs> we've we've guaranteed it through culture. <laughs> have you seen those YouTube? There's like YouTube videos of people who have made like plasma laser. Oh, like swords. the legitimate ones. Yeah, yeah with like the yeah, backpacks on. Those. those are crazy. It's it's wild it's so cool <laughs> right if only they can deflect blaster beams and stuff um one so day one day we'll get there hopefully first real question though of the podcast for you my friend who is sure. decoy manta the streamer and the person behind the streamer 
Okay, well, um, I'm Decoy Manta. I originally I'm from the UK, and I came to to Thailand a while ago. That's where I live, and that's where I stream from. I started streaming um, like pre-pandemic, but then really got into it properly during lockdown and stuff. So I think I initially I kind of wanted this my streams to be a way to just communicate with people and share passions for similar things like the type of games that i really like it'd be really cool just to talk with other people who share the same interests and uh, get different perspectives that kind of thing that's something i really enjoy and streaming has been a great way to do that and it just kind of went from there you feel like it's almost become almost like a, a creative outlet an escapism in a way it really has. It's I. <laughs> I had no expectations going in, so the way that it sort of opened up, and I can see the possibility on the platform, and also like the people I've met. It's it's wild. I'm I'm constantly impressed by by Twitch and, and the way it is and where I found myself. I've almost felt with a lot of people I've talked to streaming, it almost becomes this another person, like this other part of their brain like they kind of check off from you know irl life work life sit down and then become almost this like transformative different person do you kind of feel that a little bit when you press the go live button you stream and you kind of escape from the irl world and become streamer decoy manta oh for sure but at the same time not really because <laughs> i feel like the personality i have on stream is not too different from the personality i have off yeah. stream uh but it's certainly, I'm a lot more energetic. Uh, as soon as I get people I recognize or new people in, it's just each person in is a boost of energy. It just so puts is. me in this, yeah, this uh, this really great mindset to just engage. And so I, I think when you're there, a lot of your worries, a lot of the concerns just fade away. And then it's much easier to, to yeah, have fun. I agree. It almost feels like Twitch starts off like if you're streaming at the very beginning when there's not a lot of people in your chat or, you know, maybe nobody's in there. Um, it almost feels like it gets easier as you stream and not for the repetitiveness. You get used to it, the whole feel of it. But like as more and more people are in your chat and you have people to talk to people that, you know, kind of ask you questions, you ask them questions, conversations roll. It's almost becomes easier and easier as time goes on. Do you think so? It really does. Yeah, I completely agree. That was funny because when I, um, I'm not sure if you found the same thing. I'd be interested to hear your perspective. When I first started streaming, um, I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> I would <laughs> barely get anybody in to chat at all. And yeah. so most of it is just you trying to talk to yourself, you know, keep it, keep it entertaining just in right. case somebody drops in. And that is exhausting. Like just doing it by yourself, <laughs> just yes. like trying to keep a constant strain of, uh, sorry, stream of consciousness uh, while playing a game just in case, it, it just wore me out. But now if we, if I stream and I get some regulars in and everyone's there, it's so easy. It's so much easier just to like do anything, just keep the stream going as long right. as possible because it's so much more fun. It just takes the weight off so much. I totally agree. Um, when I first started, I didn't, I kind of started in a way I would not recommend anybody else to start streaming. Cause like, I didn't okay. know anything about streaming on Twitch and I didn't 
wasn't involved in like any communities or other streamers i literally was just like create an account go live and like that was it not knowing anything about it um and it took me <laughs> a long time to get you know like regular people kind of coming in um seeing people every single day that were the same and kind of having some of those conversations and for like the first month literally was just talking to myself zero yeah. one viewers and the thing that's interesting with twitch is a lot of times if it says if you're looking at your view count and you see it go from zero to one and then you're like oh somebody's watching me hey how you doing they probably have already left in that time period right exactly because <laughs> it takes by time. the time your counter switches over it's like they're gone <laughs> right right so and if it's too late if people just pop in and you're just kind of like zoned out kind of doing your own thing like dead silent i mean maybe they'll stay maybe they will initiate chat but like most often most people don't do that so having some yeah. kind of self-conversation stream of consciousness just spitting words out there and hope hoping someone's like hey i agree with that or you make a good point you know those are uh those yeah, are hard to come by for sure that's definitely how it starts off for a lot of people do you yeah. still out of interest do you still have anybody who you met in those early days who's still in your channel today oh i think your camera might be good oh, okay there we go okay it's kind of flicking her a little um sorry what oh. was the question like from og like way back in the day still hang out oh, way back zero to one viewers do you have anyone who, who stuck with you still yeah there? my my friend cage shinigami i believe um cage still pops in occasionally cage was like the very not first but like second person i started talking to on twitch and he still pops in occasionally um i think awesome. my first 10 followers were uh, my buddy my name is porto and cranberry pudding i don't know if you know either oh, of them. yeah 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 but you did uh you did podcasts with them too yeah i did yeah and both of them were absolutely phenomenal both of them um great 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 friends they had they like know a lot of things um in terms of like streaming and really interesting historical conversations we've had philosophical questions we've had and it was yeah it, it, it was pretty cool to kind of go as time has gone on some people have fallen off from streaming which is totally fine because life happens everybody has a different situation but the people that have stuck around that are still streaming it's 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 cool to touch up with them and be like hey just catch up how's how's life been all of that do you have Definitely. people like similar like that like you started streaming first couple viewers and they still hang around um when i first began that was such a mess <laughs> that uh that i took a hiatus I, I think i first started streaming 2019 yeah and then i took a really long break because i was like i have no clue i don't know uh when i got back into it a couple of the people who i met then are still yeah, are, still, are still some of them still around. Not a huge amount, but it's so nice <laughs> that they that they would. It's so cool to catch up with them and yeah, and see their channels grow as well. Those who are streamers. Yeah, so in a way, it's almost like we're <laughs> almost like we're rivals. I guess we're all doing the same thing, but it's like friendly competition. Right, right, seeing right. Seeing everyone right. grow, it's so neat. Right, I totally agree. Um, yeah, just seeing like people that you kind of came up with and not competitive in like a negative sort but just kind of like friendly nudges right friendly nudges yeah absolutely <laughs> i did see some old clips of yours all the way back from 2019 um so oh when i saw that i was like has he really been streaming from since 2019 no face cam <laughs> yeah, right. um i think you're playing what was it tales of bersaria maybe or might have been it was uh 
Vesperia. Vesperia. That, yeah. that was it. That was it. Yeah, one of your clips has like 500 views. That has a ton of views on that it. Was, <laughs> that was wild. That was so weird because I, again, streaming, had no idea what I was doing. Uh, after a stream with barely any viewers, I decided, like, you know what? This bit was kind of funny to me. I'm going to clip mm -hmm. that for me. Yeah. So I made my own clip of it and it ended up getting 500 <laughs> views within Randomly. Like, a month or something. It popped off and I don't know wow. why. But it, but it, the funny thing is, it did not translate to followers. Like yeah. nobody came yeah. to check out the channel. They just, everyone watched the clip. So, so strange. I was, I mean, I've always felt like with Twitch, like the clips, I don't know, the clips are really cool in the sense that it gives you like a, a little brief memory of a situation. But after that, I feel like Twitch doesn't have much of an algorithm to like feed those clips to anybody. So kind of like VODs, yeah. they kind of just get lost in this void unless people are actively searching for it. So I feel like it'd be cool if they did something similar to YouTube where maybe there was like a live streaming side and then maybe there was also a clip side with like an algorithm kind of feed. I feel like that could get pushed and almost like too, maybe too much of like a TikTok kind of thing, which might not be good, but like, I don't know. I feel like clips get so lost in the void. It'd be cool if there was a way to just Twitch feed them out to people a little bit better, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think discoverability, a way to, I don't know what it could translate into it, that they could somehow create a video saving system yeah. that is more, I don't know, intuitive that would help people kind of work their way through those. Cause I, I believe nobody really looks at VODs. The people who True. do your blessing. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't think uh, people really do check out VODs that much at all. It's all there for the live streaming. And I'm wondering if that's an untapped potential that yeah. uh, Twitch could look into. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause like I've heard a lot of people almost ask more from Twitch. Oh, I think your camera might have froze off. Okay, there it goes. Oh man, I'm sorry. No, my, my connection, I think, might not be the strongest. Oh, you're good. This you're is good. a long distance. <laughs> right, right. This is like half, like halfway across the world. It's honestly, every yeah. time I think about stuff like this, um, I was thinking about this yesterday when I was talking to Kukule. Uh, I was just like, "You're like on the other oh, side oh, of the yeah. planet, like, and we're having an IRL conversation. This is crazy. Technology is just mind blowing. Um, it's wild." But this is real time conversation with someone on the other side of the planet. Right. Crazy. Right. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, like when it comes to um, people wanting more from Twitch, I, I've heard a couple people say they want like more. I don't know if it's VOD stuff, clip stuff, algorithms, Twitch to do more things. But I feel like at the same time, a lot of people come to Twitch with the intention of they want to watch live streaming content. Like that's specifically why yeah. people go to Twitch, not to watch For VODs, sure. not to watch clips. It's just like 100% to watch 99%, probably safer, 99% to watch live streams. Um, do you know who Harris Heller is out of curiosity? I'm not sure if I do it sounds familiar though he he does a lot of like youtube videos that involve a lot of like streaming gear or streaming tips he's like very kind of in the twitch and youtube live streaming meta and he switched okay. over he was like a really big partner on twitch switched over to youtube and is now streaming on youtube now and he talked about okay. he was all excited to stream on youtube different platform new things and everything but he started to realize that a lot of people go to YouTube not to watch live streaming. They go to watch curated content, high quality videos, and to get somebody to like not focus on that section and to watch a live stream is actually it's it's kind of a challenge. So 
I've always, I don't know. Do you think it's better for platforms to niche down into like a really specific thing like live streaming or clips or short form content or whatever and kind of go 100% in that? Or do you think it's kind of wise to branch out a little bit? It's difficult to say. I think a lot of their these sites' success is based on what really, how they started and what worked. So yeah. Twitch definitely live stream. That's always going to be first and foremost. It's just, um, for example, Twitch, when you stream, it's just this, it's the short window of however long you're live for, right. whatever game you're playing that people can catch you in. If they don't catch you, that's it. You'll, you'll never cross paths. And it's possible that your favorite streamer you'll ever meet is somewhere that you just keep missing their window or something. Right. So, so true. I'm wondering, yeah, so I'm wondering how can that be figured out on YouTube? You get all of these suggested videos. They are curated and they're really well edited, but they're there just to view and they get millions of views and people are going through that and just finding people because that's timeless. It's not restrained by this right. uh, little window. Right. So I don't know how that can work, but yeah. maybe there's something there that Twitch can somehow <laughs> allow you to reach beyond the, the window you're alive. That would be really interesting. That'd be really interesting. Um, you were kind of mentioning that you were streaming before pandemic, but kind of like pandemic time is when you really kind of jumped full force into it. Um, yeah. Is that what initially brought you back into streaming? Was it because you had time at home, a little bit extra? Was there like <laughs> a friend pushing you or somebody that inspired you to want to jump back into it? Well, originally, <laughs> uh, originally, when I started streaming, my intent was to make YouTube videos. And that's going to sound really stupid. Well, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Yeah, there were loads of um, YouTubers who I used to watch back then who would record their footage through them playing it on stream mm -hmm. and then use that footage in like edited videos they would do later, like game reviews and stuff. I kind of wanted to do that. I wanted to be a game reviewer. Nice. So I was originally using Twitch just to get footage. And then I'm I'm so bad at video editing. <laughs> it's just oh, it's horrendous. So I kind of was doing it for that purpose at first. And then as I spent more time on Twitch, I was like looking around, seeing other people's and yeah, being stuck at home during the pandemic, you got all this home time on your hand. It's like, all right, I'm going to make myself known. I'm going to start talking to people. Yeah. Uh, not just lurking and i got i met some really cool communities and it felt like at that point it felt so much more like i wanted i really want to try this again but not for the youtube videos but just to you know have this kind of community this this way of talking and yeah. sharing passion and playing games and so yeah that's that's why i gave it a second shot i think people who do twitch streams while recording it and creating some kind of YouTube content out of it. Those are the big brain plays right there, honestly. Really is, but it's a tremendous amount of work. I respect anyone who does that because YouTube, it's a different ball game. You have to really make it like zhuzh it up, edit it properly, yes. do your thumbnails, that everything about it has to be tailored. Streaming is a lot easier in that way that you can just let it flow. 
But right. doing both? <laughs> well, I think the, the, I don't know, is it like the barrier to entry? Maybe that's not the word for it, but like the, the quality ceiling maybe on, on YouTube is so much higher than it is on Twitch. Like, yes, like on Twitch, really I mean, is. anybody can kind of like ha put their webcam up, turn it on and go, you know, flying from there. But on YouTube, you gotta have some, I mean, the thumbnails are super, super important. The titles are super important. The length, the cuts, the editing, there's there's so much that goes into like a really good YouTube video that I feel like it's kind of lost in a lot of people's mind. They just watch a five, 10 minute video and they're like, oh, maybe that only took 20 minutes or so to make. And it probably took hours upon hours. Really, really does. My short experience with video editing is like, yes. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> right. And it's one of those... I mean, if you're good at video editing, I'm sure it's a lot easier, but yeah, just being a novice. Oof. Yeah. And especially if you have a, like a passion for video editing, people out there who like enjoy like opening up the software, getting into the mindset of it and enjoy editing. I'm very envious of those people because a lot of times <laughs> when I'm editing stuff, whether it's for like TikTok or whatever, it's, it's such a... Oh, I'm, I'm like, you got to get in the zone. You got to get in the zone. Okay, let's do it. You got to get in the zone. And it's, um, it's tough to always get there sometimes because it's a lot. I mean, editing, there's a lot to it. There's a lot of pieces that kind of fly with each other and it can be, it can be tough, especially if you've never edited before, you don't know any of the software. It can be a little bit intimidating, but I mean, thankfully we have YouTube and endless hours of tutorials to watch, right? Yes, so many of varying quality. <laughs> right, right, of varying quality. That's for sure. Um, yeah. One question I did want to ask out of curiosity is what yeah. originally did bring you to Thailand? Have you always wanted to move there? Have you grown up there? What's the story behind that? Well, um, so I'm, I'm half Thai. I'm half British, half Thai on my mother's side. Uh, I don't really look very particularly Asian, but um because of that i have dual nationality i'm british oh, okay. so after um not too long after university i decided this is a you know this is a good opportunity just just get out of the uk travel around right. maybe i'll spend some time in thailand um get closer to my family there learn the language and then as i stayed here i was like oh this is this is really nice maybe i'll maybe i'll just get a job to help support myself to, to pass the time while i'm here one thing led into another <laughs> and then uh yeah i'm still here the this thailand has treated me very well yeah so i really um i have a lot of love for this country i think it's it's been a fantastic experience um but yeah that's that's how i ended up here every time i see photos of so many places around thailand it literally looks like the epitome of heaven on earth it's so 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 beautiful um just like it's it's gorgeous i i could totally i'm a little Ooh. envious of you living there because like do you get out of this? i know sometimes it's like i'm so lucky sometimes i feel because the thailand is some of the best beaches mm, ever yes, and i'm yes. a huge i love the sea i love the beach um so that's that's ticking all of those boxes it's great for food yes uh terrible for heat and mosquitoes but don't worry about that <laughs> don't forget right. we could just pass by that Oh, and the other cool thing is that it's very easy to travel around Asia from Thailand. It's very yeah. well situated. So I've been able to go to Japan just on a on a quick holiday, you know, that kind of stuff, which is I'm so fortunate. Is like air travel there pretty inexpensive or is there like like trains? Because I know in 
Asia and in Europe, there's a lot of like high speed railways and trains between everywhere. It's not really as much of a thing in the United States or in North America, I per se, unfortunately. Um, but can you just get on like a, a high speed railway and, you know, go country to country pretty quick there? Yeah, no. No, no. <laughs> Thailand is not. Not that. <laughs> We're a few steps behind. That definitely exists uh, in some of the countries around. Um, but for for Thailand, our rail system is still pretty old. Gotcha. So gotcha. Uh, it's mostly air travel, which is you know you can get the odd deal. It, it's still reasonably pricey, but not too bad. Yeah, I've never been out of the United States, unfortunately, and it's something I'm. Oh, I'm, really? I, yeah, and it's it's even more sad to think about because I'm like four or five hours away, like south of Canada. And I still haven't been there, so it's it's something that I really got to do. And I think everybody yeah. should experience travel and just go to as many different countries, as many different cultures, as meet as many different people as they can, because it really does just broaden your perspective and broaden your horizons of the entire world and see how different people, you know, interact in terms of like their language and their food and and just bringing everybody together. And I feel like the more we come together in that sense not to be cliche or anything but like the more people <laughs> see of just people all around the world you see so many similarities there's like more similarities than there are differences between people and like we're all just humans at the end of the day just living in different spots in the world absolutely couldn't agree more there's there's so much to like you said broaden your horizons to see and to learn and uh but also to recognize that we're all just finding our way in the world maybe from different angles but right. yeah just humanity as a whole moving together it's it's great yeah we're all in this together everyone <laughs> <laughs> we are <laughs> um is there a particular country that you have not traveled to yet that's like next on your bucket list you absolutely want to go there oh wow um what could it be i've never been to Germany, which might be an odd choice since that's so close to the UK. Uh, but I, I've never been anywhere in South America. So mm -hmm. like Mexico or um, to uh, Brazil or anywhere like that. So I'm very interested in that. It would be cool maybe to go. Maybe one day. Yeah, maybe one maybe. day. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I wonder how similar the like humidity, heat of like Mexico would be to Thailand. I wonder if it's like similar on the equator line is that the term for it or like the yeah it might be similar it's we've got a pretty tropical climate so it right. gets very humid. humid and muggy when it especially during rainy season which is horrendous i, I don't recommend anybody come here during that season oh, what's miserable when's the when's the bad months to, to travel when's the really humid months actually right about now oh like <laughs> Although, rainy season's been a bit late this year but normally it's between june and i would say october gotcha around gotcha. then just rainy and uh just it's the type of humidity that's just this layer of, of yes. dampness between you like get your out of the shower and, your skin, and you're still you know? wet it's just like you get out of the shower and you're still soaking wet and you're just like you just can't get like fully dry oh god it's the worst <laughs> um i have family that live in florida so may maybe not quite as much to the same extent but yeah it's it's humidity humidity just makes everything worse the rain worse, worse the, the heat <laughs> worse yeah um 
one question though i absolutely do gotta ask you decoy where did the idea sure. of the mana ray mascot come from where's the manta <laughs> next to the decoy there's a small story behind that i suppose so the name decoy manta the is originally inspired by metal gear solid have you ever played it i have not but i am definitely familiar with it i feel like if you're streaming on twitch you got to be familiar with metal <laughs> gear solid right oh you it's such a good series it's such a good series though yeah um it's not like my favorite series but there's one character in the the first game called decoy octopus and he's oh. like this mysterious member of the the villain team who out of all of the villain team you don't really see him much and you don't get much story but he's a crucial part of the team and i i for some reason i liked that concept that idea mm -hmm. that's sort of unknown but significant member of like this party so i got inspired by that and then the manta is because i like manta rays strangely enough and when i've tried to see manta rays in real life uh i went to bali in indonesia to try and see them um, on the day to go and see the manta rays the weather was so bad that nobody oh. was allowed to go into the sea uh, and then i've traveled to a few other places where they're commonly sighted and every single time something has prevented me from seeing oh, no. them so, so it's just not in the cards maybe one day but i thought that was sort of poetic in a way decoy manta the manta you don't really you, you don't, don't really see, see. <laughs> i get it i totally get it um i remember yeah. going to um i think it was, it was a video game shop years ago and i had i think metal gear solid 4 and bioshock and i went up to the guy and i was like i i can only afford one of these which one should i buy and he just straight up was like you should definitely get bioshock so that was that was the <laughs> split right there where it could have been you know maybe it could have been metal gear what, solid what could have been right have you to played... be fair i think that was probably the right choice because <laughs> i love metal gear solid but four is uh it can be a slog if you don't have the yeah. the context i've heard yeah, there's a be. lot it's of really cutscenes <laughs> and a lot of cutscenes i've heard huge it's very long cutscenes, yeah. It's like watching a movie, pretty much. Grab the popcorn. Much. Um, have <laughs> yeah, you played? Settle in. Strap in. Have this you played is gonna the original weird. Bioshock? <laughs> have you played the original Bioshock? Uh, I did, but I I didn't finish it. <laughs> oh. I've well, it's so good. <laughs> I've always admired it from a distance. I'm not massively into first-person shooters. Gotcha, uh, gotcha but i i love where the genre has gone um i really interested by the storytelling you can do with that so mm -hmm. i i've just watched other people playing like some of the really big titles like like bioshock have you do you feel like since you've been streaming on twitch there's almost become some games that like i have to absolutely play this i want to play this and then there's other games where you're almost like you know what i kind of wouldn't mind just instead of buying it instead of playing it maybe i'll just watch one of my friends play it yes oh for sure <laughs> have you found actually um i'll elaborate on that in a second but have you found that you're trying games that you probably never would have even bothered with before because uh, that's yeah, yeah. definitely um a lot of people like in chat or friends and stuff that have recommended games it's, a lot of it's been like i don't know if this is quite my cup of tea but i'll try it and then end up trying it and i really really enjoy it so yes yeah that's, that's been one of the best that's things. pretty much exactly what happened to me with um with bloodborne 
I yeah. because the Souls games had such a reputation. It was like, oh, right. it's hard and it's really dense and it's you know, right. Uh, you see all these clips of people failing and throwing that's, their that's controllers at their it. TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're like, so I don't want to play that. Like, why would I? Why would I do that to myself? I don't. Yeah. I don't <laughs> if I'm being, I'm not into that. If I'm being honest, though, I do think a lot of the dark souls um like they're so hard they're so hard they're so hard i think a lot of that is maybe over exaggerated a little bit like i think they're tough it, it is yeah they're tough and unforgiving and you do have to like really use your brain if you keep dying a lot and like how can i try this differently but i think they're just i just think they're overstated on their regret on how difficult they are 100 percent, they really are uh, getting into Bloodborne, I found out again. I never wanted to try it that badly, and I happened to go to uh, sorry to get it free on PlayStation Plus. Ooh, so I was yeah. like, I'll do this. I'll I'll do it a bit on stream. Yeah. And then I had so much fun with it. It's so good. So, and did it lead you <laughs> so down the other Souls like, games? Oh. Yeah. Like I never would have. Well, thanks Twitch. Thanks. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> right. I, I don't think I would have discovered this. So that was that's been really fun um but in terms of watching other people play it yeah absolutely there's some uh there's some games i'm not too sure about or some games like that doesn't look like my thing but love to see someone play it so i've watched yeah. some of the my friends here on twitch play through some great games and just being along for the ride and i feel like it's it's interesting too because a lot of people i've talked to they it's almost like they they meet the streamer through whatever game they're playing or maybe it's from a raid or something but a lot of times it's i'm interested in watching somebody play bloodborne and i'm gonna go to bloodborne and see who's playing it they kind of browse a couple channels and then they find one they connect with and then all of a sudden you know months down the road they want to keep coming back for the streamer not necessarily for the game but like maybe decoys playing little nightmares maybe you're playing minecraft maybe you're playing dark souls one and regardless like they're there just to hang out with you and whatever other game you're playing is almost like it's almost like the extra you know we absolutely yeah that was something that i kind of wanted to ask you as well that there are certain people who use twitch um to because they love a particular game so much it's not necessarily about you know connecting or um trying lots of different things and finding people it's more that they love this game so passionately that the way they use twitch is to watch people experience the game that they love which is yeah. completely a great way to use twitch it's completely valid but in a way it's also and i'm not sure if you found this that at the time you finish the game you've gotten to know this person is great fun it's like all right i'm gonna try a different game next stream you don't see them again <laughs> it's right like, it's mildly heartbreaking mildly but i totally get it like i completely understand you're valid you're totally valid for using twitch that way but uh yeah it's it's interesting to see that passion um in it come in that way i think it's also it, yeah if you're if you're going from something like dark souls one and then you're jumping over to like final fantasy there might be some people who would follow you but there might be some people who are like that's not i'm not interested in that i just kind of want to play or like look at for Soulsborne streamers so i think having some kind right. of uh 
like some kind of maybe niche you know like I I've noticed going through like Demon Souls Bloodborne Dark Souls Dark Souls 1 2 um a lot of people kind of gravitate from one to the next because they're similar games but then yeah if I ever yeah. do like a an indie stream or I'm playing like Hollow Knight or playing like Journey or something some a lot of the regulars friends will still be there but some won't come so it's it's I totally get yeah, it yeah. totally fine but have you kind of found a specific niche that you've gravitated towards like JRPGs or Soulsborne or <laughs> or just just play whatever well, for me <laughs> well that's the thing I love varying up whatever I'm playing I do that in my free time as well so yeah. if I play a certain game and it's done the next game I want to play I want it to be wildly different if gotcha. I'm playing like a menu based JRPG the next game I want to play is a platformer nice. you know something like that nice. I, I really like mixing it up but <laughs> but that was um it's interesting applying that to Twitch because I've definitely met some people who who've stayed with me throughout this whole process and that's that's really heartwarming that's fantastic and I'm very grateful for them but it definitely means I I passing ships in the night you know <laughs> right. all the time meet some great people but for short periods and then moving on to the next thing right right but yeah I, i'm almost um almost envious a little bit of people who find that one game whether it's like you know fortnite or minecraft or whatever like their their niche of game is and they just live it you know like final fantasy 14 just a world that you can live in stream it every single day I'm almost a little envious because it's you don't have to think about what game you're playing you don't have to think about anything you just kind of like boot it up and then you're off to the races essentially do you think you'd ever find that particular game for you or do you like the variety um for me personally i i like the variety so much that uh sticking to one particular game endlessly would i don't think that's for me yeah but I, yeah, you're right. There are some people who they found their game and that is them. The peop, uh, the same viewers are always going to be there. They found their community. They found their identity and they can just play it endlessly and have a great time. That's fantastic. That's great. But yeah, that's not me. <laughs> just uh, I'm mixing it up. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, though, it's not a bad thing because then it almost becomes like if people are going to, if you see these people when you're playing Final Fantasy and then you see them when you're playing Resident Evil and then you see them when you're playing Nier like those people you know those people are there for you not as much for the game which like I think those are the best you know I think those are the real MVPs That's so touching <laughs> um for lack of a better and way especially some of them like uh one of my viewers the other day is like I have no idea what any of these games are but it's been really fun to, to see them with you. I was like, oh, that's so nice, you know? Right, they right. Don't, they, they might not even like these games, but they they're just want to, they like you and they want to hang out with you. And that's so flattering. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the, big, the best thing about streaming on Twitch has just been meeting so many people from all around the world that probably would have never met had I not done this. And, and just meeting people that have like different mindsets different cultures different ideas different ways of thinking and communicating and it's it's been such a, a humbling experience seeing how how many different streamers and different content creators there are on the platform it's it's really incredible and you know yourself and so many others it, it, you inspire people you know whether you realize it or not I, i've i've come to learn that streamers really do inspire people and people look forward to their streams and there's 
it's always amazing when somebody's like when you get told like i look forward to your stream tomorrow or i, I can't wait till you stream next time so we can hang out it's always like oh my goodness like i'm just i'm just a dude at a job <laughs> like i'm not anything special and look what we've all created exactly. together right oh my goodness it's so it's so nice <laughs> yeah um and again you yeah just just personally it's like i'm i'm not doing anything special i'm just i just want to share something with you guys right. but they they're yeah it's uh, i don't know how else to describe it it's just so so uh humbling i guess and overwhelming yeah i totally agree totally agree um one i do have to ask though where did the potato challenge point idea originally stem from? <laughs> um, that was an interesting one. So when I what was started... the backstory? Or, or sorry, what was the like? What's the description of it of it again for those that don't know? Oh, uh, potato! I'll say, <laughs> what is it again? I'll say any sentence with the word potato in it. So... Yes. <laughs> So when I started out, um, so it turns out that people quite like uh, the sound of my voice, which is something that is uh, I'm still getting used to, because I, I always thought my voice was a bit like not that great, a bit nasally. Um, but when I started streaming, I was like, "Oh, you have such a nice voice. Can you can you say this? Can you say this?" Like at the outset. <laughs> and so one of the words that the community latched onto was when I said potato. Because <laughs> I, I enunciate the T's, and and so it just became a an, running <laughs> like joke, like an inside joke that oh, make him say it somehow, and so I just turned it into a redeem. Like I'll nice. say it, I'll say it. Nice. It'll cost you, I'll say it. <laughs> I love inside jokes because it just gives something for like everybody to latch onto that you can kind of poke and and nudge about. Um, yeah, oh, for sure. I, I mean, yeah, it's bonding, but it's good to keep it accessible. Like people can get in on the joke quite quickly. Right, right. Or you can yeah. explain you it easily enough. Don't want to exclude enough. anybody. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think you have a wonderful voice. Do you think you'd ever want to oh. do? Um, <laughs> do you think? Have you? Has anybody ever mentioned like voiceover or like audiobooks or anything like that? Well, yeah, people have mentioned it in the chat, actually. Um, and it's something I am I was exploring to a degree in my own time. I like uh, voice acting. I like uh, just reading stuff out. I always have. So I was doing, I was getting into voice work before everything happened. Um, and I had a few, I did a few gigs, but it was mostly doing narration for uh, videos for hotels or um, oh. charities like UNICEF and stuff. I was doing voiceover for, for a bunch of their videos. But yeah, that, that's that's been a lot of fun and that's something I hope I can return to or explore a bit more in future. <laughs> yeah. Call, call this number now to schedule your five-star resort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was more like, we are waiting for you. You know, like, so see you <laughs> what was it yo i'm here Undulating for it sands <laughs> cool winds the sand beneath your feet you know that kind of thing <laughs> all right t take my credit card now a i'll sign up to do it but <laughs> the, I'll, a couple of gigs like that and the client was really happy and so yeah i'm happy <laughs> dude i i can dig it i can dig it um the other one I did want to ask, what's been your best insult me senpai redemption you've had yet? <laughs> Oh, uh, you've done your you've done your research. <laughs> I saw these channel so, points, and I'm like, I gotta ask about these. I need to know. 
the insult me senpai was <laughs> essentially it, it kind of ties into to the potato thing where again people like how i talk um i do <laughs> i do swear on the channel um but i'm mostly i like i try to keep it nice i'm i'm pretty yeah. polite i'm just having fun so it just became another inside joke that people wanted me to be rude on purpose or like to insult them because <laughs> it was just not something i was doing so we sort of turned it into a thing where it's like all right redeem this and i'll insult you but it's insulting with a twist so my insults are actually um compliments disguised as insults <laughs> oh there you go there you go yeah that i'll i'll aggressively compliment someone and sort of tease them but it's all like good-hearted so i'm not sure if there's a particular one which was my magnum opus maybe that's still in the works one day someone will some unsuspecting poor soul <laughs> that means receive we all, that one one we, day we all need to go to decoy manis channel and redeem the insult me senpai channel point i had to <laughs> i had to make it more expensive it was so popular <laughs> people are I was like, i'm running out of material guys i can't right <laughs> I, I always find it funny how there's some people who who love stuff like that and then there's other people like the some people do waste your channel points they'll have like ten thousand channel points and all you do is waste them and i'm like why uh, yeah. why <laughs> oh no i would love to uh, reward people for hanging in there right exactly yeah um out of the wide variety of games that you have been playing on stream what's been your favorite that stands out out of curiosity oh. wow okay that's there were so many periods i guess i divide them into chunks which were so interesting as a streamer uh i started with a game called crosscode which is this indie uh, a JRPG inspired like top-down action game almost like a uh, Legend of Zelda like top-down okay yeah it's it's really great it's a really really good indie game um I really enjoyed my time with that one and it has this small but super passionate fan base so that's the game that got me affiliated I met a lot of cool people just by playing that who were just so passionate about that game so that one stands out and then the next one was probably Bloodborne in terms of just a new discovery. And the community around Bloodborne is so nice. Yes. <laughs> they are such nice people. I met wonderful people through playing Bloodborne who they're just, they're so supportive. They're there with you. They want to give you advice, but only if you're cool with it. You know? Right, right. Um, and so that, that was another one that's just a standout for just being a Twitch experience, not just the game, but just... Um, what streaming could really be that's that's where i really discovered it i feel yeah I, and or sorry what were we gonna say oh, oh sorry and, and then i guess the last one would be final fantasy 7 like the og playstation 1 version so because again it's such a good game <laughs> like it's it so cool that was my first time ever playing it uh so it was a new discovery for me uh so it was great to just discover that story it's magnificent and but again the people who i met through that so passionate so happy about the game so happy to see someone experiencing it for the first time and getting to know you talking about your favorite type of rpgs that kind of thing so i think those yeah. three all kind of meant something along the way and so those ones really stand out 
on the bloodborne one i totally agree with everything you were saying about the community like for such a dark aggressive difficult series <laughs> of games like the community behind them are so so passionate about just helping people and like don't give up don't give up keep going you got this you got this like yeah, i never going. once heard anybody say like get good or right. like you suck or never right <laughs> and that's like i died a lot <laughs> yeah and i mean but, for such yeah that was um that's great for such tough games like there's just the community behind them is outstanding um and i mean the final fantasy community as well is is great and just these like old it's almost like these games that have such a cult following almost you know like just these older games that are people are so passionate about people love to see their friends experience them for the first time um like for me final fantasy 7 is my favorite game of all time i'm super passionate about it i love it to pieces and anytime i see somebody playing it for the first time i'm always just super excited to hear their perspective hear their reactions just kind of see what they think of the story and the music and everything it's it's that's the cool that's one of the things i absolutely love about twitch is kind of like what we were talking about a little bit earlier is if there's a, a game you maybe not want to play but want to watch and even games that you are very passionate about and you have played watching your friends experience them for the first time it's like instead of just replaying it i'll just go watch decoy like play final fantasy 7 <laughs> for the first time and it's right it's almost like it's almost like replaying it except it's got that added level of like sharing it and right right um seeing like nostalgia because you're getting the same hit just by seeing somebody taking that hit you know right watching it like playing yeah. it alongside your friends um literally one of the coolest things i saw on twitch was when you and mr dandy i believe were playing it was bloodborne right yeah when we did our co-stream that was that, so fun that was cool. That was so fun it just kind of yeah takes, we it, it almost oh, just felt sorry. like it takes the sense of like playing what a lot of people consider to be a single player game or you know a first playthrough and just I don't know experiencing it with a friend like in in irl real-time setting i thought that was really cool um sorry what were you saying on it no i was just gonna say that doing that was a great experience as well um coordinating with somebody shout out to mr dandy uh who you've had on the show before he's he's fantastic guy such a nice guy yes, um yes. yeah we we bonded over a mutual love of certain games and we decided yeah why don't we we'll try this out see how it goes so funny so much fun just making mistakes and dying and accidentally getting the other person killed and like, yeah. <laughs> just such a mess but it was so fun and uh since then i've done a few other co-streams with a couple of other people uh, cooperative games like a way out or um it takes two if you know those two in particular yes great they're so fun uh, i would highly recommend anybody to find a friend and just just play through those yeah it's really, yeah. really fun to play like co-op i haven't really played too much aside from like i guess mario kart with my wife sometimes she'll join me on stream and we'll play mario kart together um okay. but but yeah like multiplayer who's, who's better at mario kart between you two um ooh, should i be honest is or she, should she I be in cocky? the room or... <laughs> no, I, think, I think she's still sleeping um i mean i, okay, I would say so she's, you can be honest <laughs> she's probably better she plays a lot more than i do um so yeah hey, she, nice <laughs> but i'd say ever so slightly we're, we're we're pretty on par but do you ever okay. do um community nights like with with friends and stuff like while you're streaming and, and play mario kart or play like among us or any of those like community-based games 
Occasionally, yeah. I'm uh, so I'm a really big fan of, of fighting games like Ooh. Street Fighter, Tekken, yeah. Smash Bros, that kind of thing. So occasionally we'll do a fighting game Friday where uh, a bunch of the community who have the game, we just all get online and just beat each other up <laughs> on stream for a while. That's fun. But I, I personally, I'm a little uh, cautious around doing like open community games where it's like, oh, anyone can join in because I, I don't know what's going to happen. Right. I feel like I'm not sure if I have total control of those situations i respect anybody who does it and i think they're a lot of fun and it's a great way to meet people but uh yeah i've i've mostly stuck to community nights with the with the constant uh viewers like yeah um when it comes to just open lobbies and stuff like that it's like you said so many much potential for meeting new people meeting new friends but there's a lot that can go wrong especially being live yes. <laughs> um yeah oh yeah that's the big difference I feel like with Twitch between like Twitch and YouTube is like if it's so much more reactionary in the moment on Twitch because there's so many things that could happen. You've heard horror stories about like hate raids or just people hopping in and just like saying really aggressive things and it just kind of turns your community into like a hostile environment and that's something nobody wants um exactly yeah. so yeah i've seen that it's, a couple times it's not like, just yourself it's it's your right. community as well they're the ones getting affected and i don't want to bring that to them so right. yeah i try to try to be careful yeah i've seen that a couple times with friends play jackbox party packs like they'll just have the code available anybody can hop in and then all of a sudden you get people drawing things maybe they shouldn't be drawing on yep. twitch shall we say <laughs> yeah always always the danger unfortunately we just we can't have nice things we can't there's, <laughs> we try. there's always gonna be someone who has to ruin it for everybody <laughs> unfortunately but i mean at the same time it's good to it's good that you know we're a lot of people are smart enough to understand that and kind of put some safeguards in place like maybe just playing with friends or you know i've seen some people do like follower only mode during times like that which i'm not super crazy on follower only mode but like i get it for community nights and community games it could kind of make a little bit more sense um so yeah yeah it's... some people uh do like a rule like we maybe if this is your first time here you can't play but in the next one for sure you know it'd be yeah. great to see you then just just to get a vibe and to see if this person's actually like there to hang out or they're just you know messing around right especially if it says their account was created three minutes ago and it's got like yeah. <laughs> a name with like 27 characters and like 14 words in it or 14 numbers in it you're like this isn't suspicious at all <laughs> <laughs> this seems okay <laughs> right, right this seems okay. get in here pal <laughs> um yeah uh, streaming on twitch has been it, it's an experience for sure um in terms of like streaming on twitch where do you kind of see your channel going in the next six to 12 months in the future do you kind of have plans of what you want to do anything up and coming that's hmm it's tricky because i don't really know <laughs> i think again the unpredictability of it is a lot of fun yeah um so i'm just seeing where it takes me but i would like to get into so another passion of mine is is specifically jrpgs i really love those games story-based games that kind of thing yeah totally into um i would love to stream those more and i'm gonna see if i can start fitting that in it's at the outset it was just such a big ask to for it to have people come in uh before they really knew me and watch 
a huge game of such a long game because a lot of jrpgs are super long they are um so i i sort of avoided that at first um and sort of built up the community playing a lot of other games and now it's yeah i really like the the little corner of twitch i've, I've made and i would love to start playing some of these games because i've been uh, people in the community have been encouraging me to do it as well because they they like the same game games that i do so may, maybe some of that but um apart from that i don't really know it's, it's so unpredictable these days i feel like it's really important though first and foremost to always play what you, what you really are excited to play what gets you passionate about it and yeah i mean i i've seen some people who literally just play jrpgs and i mean they've skyrocketed so just kind of everything and in between just kind of find what you're what you really really enjoy and just dive into it um is there a particular jrpg series you really want to dive into because there's a lot of great ones there are a lot of great ones so my thing is i missed out the playstation one generation uh, so there are some blockbuster jrpgs on that that console there's final fantasy 789 uh there was final fantasy tactics there was xenogears there are a lot of great great games there so Legend i think dragoon maybe taking a trip through the past and catching up <laughs> yeah on some of the classics would be something really fun to do um i have never played legend of dragoon but everybody says Ooh, that yeah. is like an absolute have to experience it so that is really high on my list of game I, games i really want to play um have you played that one yourself or did you miss out I on that not. one yeah that's that's another one that's uh on the list <laughs> yeah. hopefully i can knock out in future tactics is interesting because be tactics is like it's so different than seven eight or nine it's kind of like its own genre of thing but there are people who love like when you ask some people what their favorite final fantasy game is of all times it's not uncommon to hear some people say tactics like there is a huge fan base for tactics huge yeah and sometimes surprising people as well that they're they're into their shooters or whatever and they're like oh final fantasy tactics that's that's the one like really right <laughs> this turn-based strategy lots of squares kind of thing like, right. okay this must be something to it yeah the playstation series is in or the playstation one era is interesting because it's almost like that time period whereas like the end of the super nintendo was just the pinnacle of beautiful pixelated graphics like 16-bit beauty of like final fantasy 6 and super mario world and like chrono trigger just these games that i personally think still hold up today and look incredible but like the very first games of like the playstation one had very interesting graphics like you saw with final fantasy 7 yeah. it it's it's interesting <laughs> final fantasy 7 is not a good looking game it's not <laughs> it's just it's really not it's very atmospheric mm -hmm. but uh presentation wise they were still figuring it out um but despite that you know i don't know up. what was going on in square at the time <laughs> i don't know what was going on with uh, a lot of developers at the time but they their imaginations were on fire they were just creating amazing things maybe visually yeah. not everything caught up but the strength of that those stories that they were making the gameplay that they were exploring is it's holds up totally agree i think one thing that 
they knocked out of the park so much back in the day is they were so focused on creating a really good game and then just moving on right afterwards and i think that's something that's gotten lost a lot nowadays like people create an amazing game and then they want to create dlc and then they want to create like multiplayer and then they want to add like just add 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 and they're like always working on this one game for 10 years and i guess just single player games in general have just changed over time but like that was something i really narrow down to is a huge reason why those games were successful because you had like final fantasy 6 an amazing game and then like a few years later final fantasy 7 an amazing game and then final fantasy 8 and final fantasy 9 and and there was never a like yo final fantasy 7 was pretty good maybe we should have a 7 part 2 or you know a 7 part 3 or 7 like there was none of that it was right. just like we made a good game but it's in the past time to move on to eight time to move on to nine and kind of keep pushing forward and i mean they kind of did add a little bit to seven as years went on with uh, just, just a little bit right right and now remaking <laughs> so everything extra, but extra stuff that they tacked onto that series it's crazy over time it's crazy to but think yeah. like seven eight and nine all came out within what like a three-year period that's crazy i was just to about think. to say yeah the development cycle between each of those amazing games was a year <laughs> right and that's that's unheard of. that's impossible now so in a way i can see that a lot of value for game companies now is giving a game as long a lifespan as possible and maybe that's through dlc maybe that's uh maybe that's through sequels or something but um there was something just about having a complete game done story right nothing to be <laughs> fixed with patches Patched, later right. nothing to be enhanced upon it was just it's wonderful thing that is complete and it's yours <laughs> yes and yes. Uh, yeah i i, I kind of miss that i do yeah there's something beautiful about just releasing a game that's just the way it is you know bugs and and glitches and you got to get it as close to 100 as possible and to the release date so yeah worse nowadays it's not uncommon for developers to release games that are kind of broken in a sense i mean like the small game nobody's heard of called cyberpunk <laughs> um <laughs> and uh yeah i'm not really sure about i've heard about that one. <laughs> right but that is really frustrating like companies can just kind of put out a half-assed game a lot of times now and then just fix it slowly over time with patches and i don't know if it's because investors are pushing the game out because they want to get their money back i'm sure that's maybe a piece of it or maybe deadlines and people thought like they bit off more than they could chew essentially like there's this grand amazing world and it's gonna take you know a decade to make but we have to release it in five years kind of thing so i don't know i i, I think i feel like people get so caught up in these huge huge open world games and while they're amazing they are kind of a, they can kind of be a problem in and of themselves you know oh for sure i mean i don't want to uh trivialize it whatsoever making a game like games today is a monumental task so yes. uh making everything perfect compared to what it probably was like back in the day is is gonna be tough but you can clearly see where there's been rush or cut corners or um almost uh inexcusable kind of they knew it was broken like yes. they knew it wasn't right <laughs> but right. they for some reason i don't know maybe they needed to make the money back immediately maybe they 
there was some sort of financial reason or, or investor reason that they had to. Uh, but they just they have the the goal <laughs> yeah. just to put it out there, receive the backlash, and then promise to fix it later. It's this like, weird. Right. It's this weird thing because like it, it, games nowadays. I've talked about this in the past, like games nowadays are not, you know, like games they were 20, 30 years ago. Games nowadays have hundreds of millions of dollars. A lot of these AAA titles have hundreds of millions of dollars behind them in investors looking to recoup money. It's such a, a money thing. And when you tie in the art aspect of it, it's just all these talking heads like trying to come together to create this piece of art. And it, it really does blow my mind that some game companies can still put out just such incredible stories that are so artistic, like stuff like God of War or The Last of Us. Like Naughty Dog is, I always feel like Naughty Dog is kind of in a league all their own compared to literally everybody else because they just have the sense like we're going to create an amazing game in so many different ways and so many different configurations and we're not going to let investors push us to push it out at a particular time. Like I'm sure they have like a deadline and like we have to get it out by this time. The problem with all of that being said though is this idea of like video game crunch time and pushing developers mm. to work you know 50 60 70 hours a week to get these games done in this in this time period so it's it's so it's weird it's combining art and money to such a high degree and not like a couple hundred dollars like these are hundreds of millions of dollars of money a lot of times so it's it's a weird situation to be in i feel like yeah it's it might be easy enough to on the outside to to look at this situation I mean, oh, why don't they just xyz but there's so much there's so much going on behind every game these days that it's it's really hard to discern crunch is it it sucks and yeah. you would hope that nobody has to has to go through it i don't know i don't want to say that maybe it's necessary in certain cases but oh you I really don't know what could be happening back then that it's like it's make or break maybe for some of these some of these guys so I don't know that I think nowadays um, people are so aware of crunch and um, the how strenuous it is to work in the video game industry that I, I see it commonly said across the internet now that it's okay take your time delay the game it's all right yeah. you can delay it like yeah. a lot of people are just very open about make it good on its first release don't worry about it we'll, we'll get you when you're ready but again who knows what's uh what the deciding factors are within the company itself right because like i'm sure most people nowadays would say that if a game is being pushed too hard on developers or pushed too hard to meet a, a scheduled deadline a lot of people nowadays seem to be like it's fine delay it six months delay it a year like it's fine we'll get it but then you also yeah. have to wonder how meant how much is like investor pressure out there pushing right. them to release it because they're like i don't care that everybody's gonna wait for it i need my money now you need to make yeah. my money now kind of thing so exactly exactly it's yeah it's it's it kind of does frustrate me a little bit when some people talk about video games being too expensive even nowadays at 70 dollars. like i've always personally personally i've always thought video games were so undervalued in a sense like because you can go to a movie theater for a two hour, three hour show and pay 20 bucks for a ticket. Whereas a video game, <laughs> you can pay $70 for a game and get 30, 50, 100 hours, endless replays of it nonstop with so much stuff maybe being added through DLCs, um, so many things 
just are in the game for you to explore and for $70 I've always thought that was pretty good value and I mean that doesn't even take into account getting it on sale like sometimes these $70 games that have these hundreds of millions of dollars of budgets behind them or tens of millions of dollars you can get them for 20 bucks on a uh, on a sale sometimes so yeah I, I feel like right yeah I feel like for a yeah, lot of games, um, the um. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh no, you're good. You're good. But I just I feel like for a lot of these games, the scope and the amount of budget behind them that are put into them doesn't quite equal out to the end cost. You know. Yeah, that there was always the talk about because video games have been uh, in America at least right sixty dollars for the longest time. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the. The world has changed so much since that initial price point was set. Actually, right. there was, wasn't there a point where it used to be fifty, and then they moved it up to sixty, and everyone freaked out in a similar way. Yeah, then I think we just it was. It I think it was PlayStation like, Two games were fifty. This is what game 50. companies need. <laughs> right, I think PS Two games were fifty, and then PS Three was sixty, if I can recall, and now PS Five is uh, seventy. But that's also not even counting into fact inflation. Like if you inflation, count exactly right, if you count inflation in there, it's. $70 is probably the same as $50, you know, 20 years ago, if not even less, yeah. maybe. Um, sorry, what were you yeah, saying? We're, we're spoiled. That's what it boils down to. Right. <laughs> we're so spoiled. It almost makes That'd me be, feel we're good. We're getting these amazing lifetime kind of games and uh, like, oh, well, I don't know. This, this game that costs as much as a pretty big meal that I'm going to treat myself to later in the week. Right. Like right. that's too expensive. <laughs> Isn't it so fascinating how humans can put values on certain things differently and be fine spending money on one thing. But like one that's always fascinated me is people spending money on applications on their phone. Like everybody always gravitates towards the free app, even if the premium one that you use every single day for work or whatever like something an app you use all the time if it's two dollars for the premium version for one-time purchase people won't won't want to spend money for it as they're driving off the starbucks you know drive through with their eight dollar <laughs> mocha frappuccino caramel thingy exactly all these small costs that are just like oh, i'll treat myself to this 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 it it builds up it's a huge amount of money in some cases right like oh, all right we're not gonna pay a little bit extra for this game that took years to create and is <laughs> it's just uh, yeah it's fascinating humans are so fascinating i always just love thinking about like little conundrums like that of why people will spend money so eagerly on start or, or like getting coffee every single day or going out to eat all the time or just anywhere these dollars just seem to flow out of people's <laughs> people's income here and there but then stuff that's like something they're going to get a lot of value from something like maybe a video game they're going to spend a lot of time on maybe an application that's going to help them get work done better some people are hesitant with spending money on that i guess it's just all priorities where people's money go right exactly a lot of it goes to that immediate quick gratification that spur of the moment yeah this will be good <laughs> right but uh they, they just look at things in different ways yeah have you noticed I, the whole industry, it seems like with video games is kind of changing too, in the sense where so many games now are becoming like gotcha kind of games where they have like loot boxes in there or they have like stuff hidden away behind a paywall. What are your thoughts on all of that? Uh, uh, not a big fan of, of 
gambling uh, of gotcha of, of loot boxes. Um, I think it is. It, it it is. It's just a way for people to spend more money in that vain hope of of getting the thing that they actually want instead right. of being able to just get the thing they actually want. Um, I'm not massive about it. Uh, not a big fan of paywalls either. This isn't to say that I'm uh, anti like DLC or anything like that. Like absolutely not. Um, but it kind of falls into that pocket. I had a discussion with this uh, about this with someone recently, where if the if the content is made after the base game is done and it's to give it some more life and it's to yeah for the players or whatever then yeah i'm happy to drop some money on that but if yep. it's something that was intentionally left out of the final product or it was something that uh they are they were creating at the time with the intention of just like making it a cash grab i'm yeah. not i'm not down with that but <laughs> so that's that's kind of where i draw i draw the line for most of my dlc purchases after the fact I wonder how many of those are created with that notion, like in the forefront, like they're, they're looking at their game, they're creating particular, maybe a, a section of the game. And they're like, you know what, let's, what if we cut this just for DLC? I wonder, it would be fascinating to talk to a game developer and ask how often that happens. Or maybe they're like fully created the game, everything's done. And they're like, okay, we're going to slice this part off over here. And that's going to be DLC that we're going to charge $20 for. Or if it is where a lot of developers will fully create their game, they release it, get some good reception, people like it, and they're like, okay, maybe we could add something more over here. And then they begin development on it. That would be fascinating to, uh, to talk about. Yeah, I think that would really be a case by case basis. I'm yeah. convinced that both of those situations definitely happen. <laughs> right. But it'd be so interesting to see like with which games has that occurred, with which studios, with um yeah and why you know now that i think about it um i was reading the other day on twitch twitch is getting there's a lot of people gravitating on twitch towards like gambling sections um have you been uh, reading a lot about that i yeah there was the whole um was it the phase clan debacle thing that yes. happened recently yeah. yeah doing like sort slots of, uh, and stuff. i'm not too clued into it because i've I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to those sections myself. Right. But uh, yeah, it's it's becoming a lot more. I'm hearing a lot more about it. Yeah. Um. I was just the only reason I bring that up is because I was just thinking a moment ago. A lot. Another section that's really growing in popularity is Pokemon card openings. Have you seen those? <laughs> yeah. Where people buy Pokemon. People packs. writing about that now. <laughs> Dude, it's. it's I, I, my wife and I went to Target like a week or so ago and we saw like a whole section on the wall that was like limit of two Pokemon packs per customer. And I went up to a person like who worked there and I'm like, are, are there any left available? And he's like, no, we've been sold out of them for days now. We're waiting for our next shipment. I'm like, of Pokemon cards, of Pokemon cards, <laughs> Pokemon cards. Like, did he, I, did he... <laughs> Did he flinch when you asked him that? Like, right, right. Did, like, did, get away from my cards. Something? Right, right. No, he was he was cool <laughs> about it. But I'm just like, man, these things that I used to get like all the time when I was a kid. Now there's a crazy amount of popularity coming back for them. But in a sense, when you think about it, people spend what five dollars, ten bucks for a pack of Pokemon cards with the hope now that they can open it, maybe get a really rare card in there maybe they could resell it in a sense so it's almost like is is 
Pokemon card pack openings? Are those in and of themselves kind of becoming like a gambling thing? I think in a yeah, weird way. It, the concept has been around for a long time. It's yeah. just it exploded through the loot box, you know, identity. Uh, but card packs, that's that's been around forever. <laughs> that is definitely yeah. what they are. <laughs> that's fascinating. Um, yeah, just the just how Twitch is it seems Twitch has changed like the past year, two years in the sense where there's some there's a lot of gambling stuff going on there's i mean obviously the hot tub fiasco and and <laughs> you know, that you know, meta. <laughs> right that whole meta um but like people trying to find where the line is for tos and push ever so hard against it and see where where the breaking point is um which is fascinating I, I mean i'm not saying right or wrong whether there should be gambling or whether there should be like hot tub stuff like that like i don't know but in the sense I've heard, I've read a lot of people too, with gambling, a lot of these top streamers are having connections a lot of time with some of these slot companies or apps or whatever, where they'll be getting like paid by them to showcase the app and then win money on it. It's a whole thing going on. And then people are like, oh. Or in some cases they're, they're part owners or they've got some sort of investment in it, but they don't right. disclose that to anybody. And that's a problem. Yeah. Right. Right. It's, it's, um, yeah, I personally, um a philosophy that i like to look at life in general with is as long as you're not hurting anyone you can do whatever you want like as long as you are right. not negatively hurt yet yeah, impacting someone or damaging anyone else do whatever you want man like if this is your life you live it the way that you want to so when i see people uh doing like the hot tubs and and all of this and people might complain like oh you're just you know, you wouldn't get these views of blah, blah, blah. It's like, whatever, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, like, just don't watch, like go somewhere else. The people that are watching the hot tub streamers, they're, they're not going to come to my stream and watch me play JRPGs. That's exactly. not why they're on Twitch. That's not why they're watching the channels they do. Exactly. So yeah, there's no need to get mad about it. Yeah. It's um, different, cust not customer base, but different viewer base, right? Yeah. Yeah. But when it comes to, to gambling, I know that's, that is a, that can be a, a problem and for sh that does kind of fall into the realm of, you can definitely hurt some people, some impressionable uh, people as well. There's a lot of, of younger people who follow these, these streamers who are promoting all of this stuff and uh, no, they're, they trust what the, this person is saying. They, they could get into trouble. It's, it's yeah, a concern. Yeah. It uh, do you think Twitch should be an 18 plus platform? Like, cause I know the, the age limit is 13, but every time I, I, I mark my stream personally as 18 plus, if anybody pops in and mentions age that's under that, it's just like an immediate ban. Um, just, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's, it's so tough because I remember being 13. I remember yeah. being 15 <laughs> and I remember just being so excited like by the internet because that was happening <laughs> uh when i was growing up but also just by wanting to share stuff with people and to meet people and to, to connect and because you're just it's the age where you're discovering so much um, right and you find the things that you're going to be passionate about for the rest of your life it's all happening at once and you got all this emotion going on so in that time a platform like twitch can be incredible like it can be such an amazing place to be and i remember being that age finding websites or meeting people that um 
I wasn't there to cause trouble. I just wanted right. to have just fun see. and get to know people. And so I'm sure there's so many young people out there who are in exactly the same mind frame, but they're having it ruined <laughs> by everyone else who doesn't have that mind frame. <laughs> right. And I think it's um, different too. Like uh, if you're, I mean, if you're under 18, I mean, we've all been under 18 at some point. So if you're going to go to those whereabouts of the internet, like we've all been there, but at the same time, I think it's also different too. When they pop in, they're like, Hey, I'm 14 years old. And they like announce it to the world. It's <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Okay. Uh, uh, dude, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> you messed up. <laughs> right. You messed up hard. You're, you're out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. Better luck next time. Uh, maybe in another lifetime. There are some, I, I think, I'm pretty sure I haven't asked their ages, so unconfirmed, but I, I think there's a couple of youngish people who've come by my streams once or twice who have been so polite, so nice, that it's like, I'm just, I'm, I think you're, I'm going to say you're 18. Yeah. Have fun. Like, you know, we're going to treat you nice here. Right. Because <laughs> you know, exactly. they've, they've earned it. They've deserved it. But it's such a difficult thing it's so uncontrollable and it's such a um a formative age that i don't know maybe it would be better if it was 18 plus certainly make it easier yeah and and that's the thing too yeah. like I, I i am totally of the mindset if people want to do hot tub streams and you know sexually suggestive stuff like it's a free world go you know do you make your money, you know, go crazy on that stuff. But I think they're uh, on Twitch specifically, there has to be some kind of bumper guards in place to, you know, when people go into just chatting and then just see all sorts of maybe not exactly just chatting stuff in there per se. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these very provocative streamers, they have links that are specifically moving people to like their OnlyFans content. So they're like using this soft core version on twitch to to send people over to their OnlyFans stuff and it's it's i don't know is that should that be okay it's almost in the sense too of like gambling like should gambling i mean you can go watch somebody pull a slot machine and it's like okay but when there's other things tied behind it it makes you question a lot of their motives you know that is that's so tough because that's such a gray area a lot of it falls right, into yeah. that i mean the, the the parasocial thing uh where a lot of the times people are donating or they're they're following and chatting because they really there's they really want to have some kind of connection with right. whoever they're watching and is it the person's fault like are they manipulating are they creating this kind of relationship or are they just sort of doing their thing and people are creating that of their own accord uh it, it's it's really it's, tough it's it's <laughs> a mind bender because because i mean on one yeah. side you have a lot of people who are they are you know essentially i don't want to say manipulating but like as close to that word as you can get to some people they're essentially like i'll give you a relationship with me not a real relationship but i'll like i will let you into my life and say your name out loud and talk to you if you give me money but then there's also right. there is unfortunately a market of people who are are lonely they don't have friends they don't have family and they want somebody to talk to and if they have to pay money for it they will pay money for it so it's essentially like this person is just 
doing what a market of people want to do but in the sense like should we be focusing on those people who are paying the money and trying to help them actually really really help them um because i don't think paying some person on the internet who's putting their butt in front of the camera for them to say your name out loud i don't think that's helping you know it might it might be a band-aid maybe for a second it, right it might be a band-aid for a moment and you kind of get like some I was going to say relief, but I don't think that's <laughs> quite <laughs> the word. Um, yeah. Right. But like, <laughs> it, it's we, it's interesting because it, it, they are fostering this relationship with these people for money. And there are people who want a relationship for money. So I just mm. I just feel like Twitch isn't the place way, for it. I think the way that I look at it is that <laughs> I wonder if this is going to sound unkind. I'll, I'll try and figure it out. Is that... <laughs> A lot of the time, uh, I feel like it's it's on you, like, dude, or whoever it is. It's like, this is on you. You don't have to give money to this person. Right. Um, but yeah, they, they might be lonely. They might be manipulating. But I think the way to help those people is not by changing Twitch. It's by making systems or society able to reach out and help people who are in those situations in the first place. Like, Twitch is not necessarily the um the issue it's more about people who find themselves mentally in that place right uh and have turned to twitch because of it so if there was some sort of better system for them in the greater world then um yeah maybe i feel like that's probably the greater issue and i think it all boils down to uh just mental health i feel like people don't talk about mental health enough they don't talk about what's going on in their lives en enough and and maybe they don't have friends or a relationship or you know family that they can disclose those things to um kind of similar on the topic but i've like always believed i i feel like everybody should have therapy in their life and should have a therapist like somebody that they can really in-depth talk to in a way they can't talk with anybody else and unfortunately like in society having a therapist usually means costing a lot of money and it's it's not exactly openly available for a lot of people so they they almost try to cure their mental health issues or like problems they're going through um by turning to stuff like twitch or like pornhub or just drugs or alcohol or gambling they just kind of turn to these vices and uh yeah they're putting band-aids over a much deeper problem when in reality just you know they just need somebody to listen to somebody to talk to somebody to open up to and uh to be a real i don't even you know maybe not even a friend but just somebody that they can divulge themselves openly to so absolutely yeah um i've seen this happen on twitter quite a bit recently and maybe you've seen it as well people talking about uh trauma dumping um mm. where they say please don't come into a stream and dump your trauma because it could end up that's a lot of responsibility to put onto people it's right. it's triggering for the streamer it can be triggering for people in chat um in a way my heart goes out to these people who feel like this is the way that they can get their feelings out but it's also it's so it can be so damaging to everyone around them uh right. to, to do it that way and again um i feel like the the solution is that stuff like therapy stuff like some something within society should be in place so that 
those people can can get the help that they need without feeling like they need to to turn to Twitch. It's it's a similar situation again. Um, but yeah, it, it's something that we kind of it it just happens that people see this person on screen. They're so affable. They're so likable and supportive, and they feel like this person I can finally you know get everything right. off my chest and yeah it's it can be misguided maybe that's not the right word but yeah yeah and and i mean we're not therapists we're not mental health professionals so like if you and come no, in i didn't get the degree <laughs> right and just drop i mean yeah i mean if you're having like a bad day that's kind of like one thing but if it's it's oh, yeah. something like tr traumatic or something just happened you know i've had people pop in and say just you know, just broke up with significant other or, you know, had a family member pass away or something. And it's like, it just uh, completely too. changes the mood of you, the mood of your stream, the mood of everything. And it's, I get, I always try to look at both perspectives. Like I get this person just needs somebody to talk to. They need somebody to confide in somebody that they can open up their feelings to. But I also understand mm -hmm. that streamers, that is a huge burden. And that's not exactly why a lot of people, you know, started streaming in the first place um but there are no there that, are, yeah oh i was about to say there are people who did specifically right. start streaming because of that yeah like mental health streamers yeah that's right yeah some of them some of those guys are, are great and i think they're doing fantastic work um but yeah it's i don't mean this in a way that I, I never want anyone to talk about the problems ever. Of course not. Of course not. Need to <laughs> no, talk I'm about absolutely problems. there to talk and to support and to help you out. But sometimes there is a degree which is so, it's so intricate and overwhelming and so personal that putting it out like that isn't, it isn't even conducive to getting help because it's, there are so many layers that the streamer has no idea where to even begin right. that maybe therapy could really be the much uh, much better answer right there's like a time and place and person for everything and yeah like it and it's not at all like we're saying we don't want to help people because like we all want to help everybody and and just help yeah. our friends get through troubling times um but we also need to understand in the same sense on viewer sides on friend sides like we don't have the mental health degree you know and um there's some things some really traumatic things that just need a professional touch or need just just need something that a lot of us streamers don't have so um but i think communication just in overall if there's one skill set everybody can universally get better at and everybody can universally benefit from it's communication and just being able to communicate with yourself with others with professionals um it can go such a long way not even just streaming or twitch or anything but just in life in general thousand percent yes absolutely in real life with anybody a lot of the times people take i don't know just uh, this might be skewing off a bit but sometimes people live and die by an opinion or you know their their beliefs so hard that we lose sight that there's that's another person that's another person with right. you know uh their own story their own family uh values you know good things bad things but it's just like no i only identify as with as sorry i only identify them as this one thing 
and I don't like that thing, so this person is dead to me or whatever, or right. this person is evil. It's like, whoa, 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 hang on. Yeah. There's a level of communication that everyone should be willing to, to come into calmly and be able to, you know, meet at a level. Um, but sorry, I know that skewed off a bit from oh, being no. able to uh, express um, yourself and communicate with yourself. I totally agree. I think I think something that's a huge problem just in the world with people in general is people get married to ideas and married mm. to labels on themselves. And I think there's one life changing thing I've kind of really started to strive for is to not be married to any idea whatsoever. Like some things I'm very passionate and stuck on and it's going to take a lot of evidence to the contrary to be able to persuade me. But when people are just yeah. so stuck in their ways and like everything else is an opposing view, I think that does more harm than good in the overall world of things. I think just trying to be open-minded with everything. And I know some things like you know, religion and politics can get very sticky, very difficult for people to be open to the idea that they might be wrong in a sense in some things, but just being open to change and being open to whatever the world's going to throw at you and just trying to trying to keep as level headed as possible is something that a lot of people, a lot, probably everybody in the world could benefit greatly from. Yes, a willingness to be wrong or to uh, to be humble enough to admit when you're wrong and to to change perspective. I read a very interesting thing recently. I'm going to quote it terribly, by the way, but it was the concept that um, sometimes people get so attached to a concept or a belief that to admit they're wrong or to deny it would be as if to kill themselves. And it's not as in... Um, Ego. Yeah, the the ego death where they are they are this opinion that to admit they're wrong is impossible, and maybe they don't think in their heads it's impossible, but they're so wrapped up in it that it it it's just like cannot happen without them killing a part of themselves. It's uh it's wild, and it's it's fascinating how we can get to that point. People, yeah. pe people are just very egotistical in general. A lot of people are very like they just it's just such it, <laughs> it just just yeah. People are just very, very content that they're right and others are wrong and and just putting labels on everybody for every little thing. And if you identify as the opposing side of what I believe in, we're just enemies and there's nothing we can come to in the middle, which is so mind-numbingly frustrating because there's so many aspects that make us individual whether it's through our interests in music or life or video games or politics or what we studied in school like there are so many core facets that make us who we are and to just it's such a struggle here in the u.s like people will legitimately just break family ships fa or family relationships friendships just because of like political differences or like you left your religion you're dead to me kind of mentality and it's it's such yeah. it's such a shame um and it's so frustrating it really is. i'm just like we're all yeah. we're all part of one team and it's called the human team and like people seem <laughs> to forget that so much um but yeah precisely one thing kind of stemming off that that on a little bit of a side note that I'm really excited for. It seems like more and more common in the world, this idea of um, 
like using psychedelics in a way to expand one's mind is becoming more and more popular like more mainstream in a sense so i don't know when it comes to the ego side of things maybe the whole world just needs to take some mushrooms or something and then, and then <laughs> needs we'll, to expand needs to expand our mentality ego <laughs> your, your ego will fade quicker than you can ever imagine um but yeah i mean totally going off on a tangent there but like i i feel like that's something people are so stuck in their ways of being stuck and married to ideas that don't make you you like ideas don't make you who you are it's your culmination of everything that makes you who you are whether that's again political or religious or whatever like have an open mind try to be open about everything try to even if it's something you're really passionate about like there's some things like political wise like i i very much am like i'm very stuck on this but i still want to hear an opposing side just open-minded to hear if there's maybe some sparse of truth in there some sprinkles of some good things but yeah it's so team-based in the world it feels like so tribal yeah yeah it's it's true it's it's too black and white a lot of people nobody thinks that they're well i would say very few people let's go with that with thinks that they're evil like nobody thinks that they're bad they think that they are doing things for a justified right. reason so um it's about kind of figuring out how did they get to that point what makes them think that this is the right course of action and figuring that out rather than looking at what they're doing and branding them as x <laughs> no that's it i think it's just so easy for people to do that to just be like oh you think that that's your label and i'm done like it's you're a monster yeah exactly. instead of well maybe he's doing it for a, a reason that he thinks will benefit people <laughs> like right let's should we hear him out just just a bit like come on it's okay right uh, yeah i mean most people just want to get to the same happy place and maybe our methods getting there are different maybe we have different philosophical ways that we think to get there but we all just want what's best for I, at least i hope we all want what's best for everyone <laughs> that is the hope. that's why i said like oh maybe i can't say everybody <laughs> maybe there is somebody out there it's like today i'm gonna i think i'm gonna be evil <laughs> i think right. i'm gonna ruin some lives maybe there is that person but i like to believe that as a whole the human race has good intentions that we are they we are overall good <laughs> well speaking of evil things that maybe had good intentions in the beginning what are your oh, thoughts no. where is this going <laughs> um this is actually perfect am i segue. getting canceled <laughs> no, no 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 um this was a sting <laughs> in terms of in terms of that like what are your thoughts on social media using social media as a streamer and do you find yourself right. using it do you stay off of it pretty often um i mean that's a great entry into evil things that probably had good beginnings <laughs> it's so true um so for me i've never been wild about social media that much anyway i don't uh i like to mull things over and think about things and take in information instead of throwing out my opinion into the ether or at people specifically um that doesn't mean i'm devoid of opinions <laughs> that doesn't mean i don't believe in right and wrong but uh, it's, I, yeah, I, I'm just careful about how I approach social media and maybe a bit too careful. Cause now <laughs> with streaming, uh, social media is such a big part of it. I was like, all right, 
maybe I can start figuring this out. So <laughs> I've been using Twitter a bit more. I'm using Instagram now. Uh, I saw. I hate taking photos of myself. <laughs> I hate taking photos of myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I first started streaming, I never wanted to use a camera. I just wanted it to be, to, I didn't want people to see my face, but. <laughs> so, so you're saying but your phone is not filled with selfies is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, but I'll, I'll work on it. Anybody who's interested, I'll work on it. Um, but yeah, going into those things as well, I start to see how people are using it. The, the popular tweets or what, the discourses and sometimes it's a little it can be a bit scary a bit worrying to see the 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 what's the word twitter crazies ah, yeah kind of extreme but just how uh, visceral it can can all kind of be uh with with people's opinions when people are just trying to have a good time right <laughs> uh, yeah but it, it's been a fascinating look i've kind of used twitter in a way that i'm not following anything that's too triggering but now and again i get twitter recommends or like oh what's happening on twitter and it shows me something like oh god <laughs> like that ruins my day. get off the app as quick <laughs> as possible oh i do the same yeah. sometimes i get on twitter and i'm just scrolling and like two minutes later i'm just like i'm depressed now i need to get off this thing <laughs> yeah i can't believe some people yeah <laughs> they like live makes me sad it. um that being said i do i do keep i read the news every day i try to keep mm -hmm. up to date on things um but it's it can still be it can be a lot sometimes sometimes you just need to take a break yeah it's weird because like i feel like it's almost our moral responsibility to keep up with the news and current events and what's going on in the world but at the same time yeah the more you dive into it it can be so depressing like it can just like even things that are other side of the world have no impact on you immediately at least um it can just absolutely bring down your day and it, it's it's like you feel like you need to be in the new you know like in the know with the news but at the same time it's just it's such a, a mental drain and i feel that a lot as a streamer i feel like a lot of there's so much good that can come out of having social media and and making content outside of Twitch through like Twitter and Instagram and TikTok. But at the same time, it's almost this double-edged sword where like, sure, you're on Twitter more and TikTok and, and you're seeing your following grow and you're you're building your community and meeting new people. But then you just start to feel the mental health drain of it, you know, as time goes on. So it's it's a weird double-edged sword for sure. Yeah, definitely. There was a and sometimes it's even even seeing the inspirational stories can sometimes be a bit like ah oh, man <laughs> right like all of these employees banded together to get this other employee health insurance or something like that it's like oh yeah health insurance <laughs> like, like, that's not a universal thing <laughs> it's not it's and then not. yeah and so uh it again like you said it can be a lot sometimes but i i feel that it is a duty to stay up to date with these things to know what's going on and to make to make your voice heard when it is important um yeah but definitely take care of yourselves too that's a big one you know if it's you <laughs> this is gonna sound so cheesy but like you're the most important person in your Life. story you know you're whatever yes. you're doing you are the main character so 
Um, if you need to do what's best for you, then you should have no qualms about doing that. And it's okay because your story's gonna keep going, and, and right. it's gonna be like it's still gonna be all right. <laughs> I think people forget that that like at the end of the day, you need to do what's best for you, and that can mean sacrificing some things. That can mean adding some things to your life that weren't were not there before. And um, yeah, like it, when it all boils down to it, you just gotta take care of yourself first and foremost. And you, it's so weird with social media. Like there's been times I've seen where. Like I'll get on Twitter and some of my friends are just posting just great, like inspirational stories, kind of like you said, or like they just hit a new milestone or something like super exciting. And I'm so excited for them, like go them, they rock. But then there's like this tiny little voice in the back of my head of like jealousy or just something negative. That's like just that little voice in the back of your head. That's always there. Just like, Hey, why aren't why isn't that you why didn't you do that yeah, well, why haven't you what did that? you do today what did you do today <laughs> exactly like they maybe they started streaming after you and they're already so much farther than you why why and it's like it's 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 kind of a mental battle sometimes with myself always reminding myself that every person's journey every person's mountain is different every person's success um or failures or anything are all individual in and of themselves but it's it's like it's funny how our brains work. We can see something so inspiring and we're like can help drive you forward, but at the same time there can be that little voice that just kind of talks shit to you as well. Oh yeah. <laughs> I understand completely. Yeah, it's not something it's difficult to own up to it and to face it sometimes. Uh but it's it's a thing. We always we're constantly looking at others in comparison to what we are doing what we've got going on or uh, who we are it's just natural and being able to be at peace with that and and like what you have and be satisfied with what you have is is really uh, significant but it's not easy you're definitely going to have thoughts and um yeah you just kind of have to know for yourself that it's okay that you're doing all right and that everybody's starting maybe at a different chapter in a book but we're all reading the same book and it's okay we'll all get to the end right <laughs> one way or another um yeah, yeah yeah one of my favorite radiohead songs has the lyrics in it where it just says like the best you can is good enough and i love that song just so much because it's so true like it, i feel like if you wake up every day give yourself full effort and at the end of the day you're like i did the best i can like not say you did the best you can but really internalize it and you're like did i really do the best i can if i truly feel like i just did the best then i'll be happy and content with whatever happens and i've, I've always tried to remind myself that like if you give it a hundred percent really a hundred percent and you just feel like you gave it your all then you got to be happy with whatever the outcome is and you know some people might get farther some people might get more behind than you and wherever you stack up every journey is different every story is different but like you said we're all we're all different characters in this book of life essentially yeah it's um, okay <laughs> everyone's um yeah everyone's doing what is their journey and right. it, you know you don't have to to come down on yourself when the journey doesn't look like other journeys Speaking as somebody that has already started their streaming journey, here's a really good question I feel like 
For those wanting to start at the bottom of the mountain and start streaming, what is a solid piece of advice that you would give newcomers, Decoy? Ooh, this is... Huh. I think I came up with a, <laughs> a checklist like this a while ago to think, how did I... What is the right way from my experience? Yeah. I think there's a few key things. Um, okay, one, good audio. <laughs> like, yes. Just something decent. It, it doesn't... To a degree, it doesn't matter how bad the camera is, but sound, hearing a decent voice is, like, good. So if you can shell out a little bit for a decent microphone, that's a great start. <laughs> yes, so true. The second point... I know. <laughs> the, the, the camera can honestly be so bad. <laughs> but if you can hear the person, you don't even need a camera sometimes. It helps. Not 100% necessary, but people connect more with seeing someone's expressions, their face... Um, their responses, their reactions. So camera optional, but sound, that's a good one. Uh, for me, I'm not sure if you would find the same. There's, there's two major points. One is finding a game or whatever you're doing that really works for you, that you're going to be happy doing, but is also, uh, in terms of uh, games for example i chose to the games i chose to stream that ended up working for me were ones that had passionate fan bases and not but not necessarily the most the biggest don't try and compete with the people at the top don't do you know <laughs> the high level valorant right. or, or minecraft or call of duty because you're there are people light years ahead and there's it's inundated with people streaming those games. Getting discovered is going to be so hard. If you can find a game that you enjoy, that has a passionate fan base, but is relatively mid to small size, there is a good chance that somebody's going to stop in and want to like chat with you because they they love the game, and it's a like a personal connection they can make in that moment. Yeah. The other thing I think is networking, but not networking. It's basically finding a community, finding people that you really enjoy being with. Do not <laughs> go in and say, I'm going to start streaming. <laughs> I wish you guys would come check out my stream. Like, here's my link or whatever. Right, don't, right. don't do that. No, don't no. Do that. <laughs> Please, no. <laughs> That's, um, it's more just about genuinely finding people you really enjoy watching and spend time there, get to know people, make genuine friendships, and then... Um, you know, kind of test the waters a little bit. You don't even necessarily need to mention it to anyone straight away. Just try streaming a bit. And at some point, people are going to be like, oh, you're streaming? Or, oh, uh, have you ever thought about streaming? Do you stream? And because they're your, they're your friends by that point, they really want to, you know, get to know you more, hang out more. And that's an avenue to just, yeah, create a really nice community at the outset. Or just to get some viewers... Who you can really trust yeah so i think those maybe those three things i think are really solid ways of starting out i totally agree i i think on the first one audio um you can get a really good sounding audio microphone usb mic for 50 dollars. honestly that can totally you transform really can. your yeah. stream and just make it sound so much better um the second one on the idea of streaming a specific 
type of game or a game that has like a, a good community behind it but that isn't super competitive like Fortnite or Valorant or something like that I think that's really smart as well because yeah if you if if the game has a you know a million people watching it like unless you're an extremely talented player you're like not even the one percent you're like the 0.01 percent of amazing players in it then yeah maybe like Valorant or Call of Duty or something to really show off your skills but most of us do not have that skill set so you know we <laughs> essentially kind of got to yeah just play games that you really really enjoy but there's like a middle ground I've always felt like those those games that have like a thousand viewers to like five thousand viewers that's a good kind of chunk of games to look at that you enjoy and you know souls games are usually in there um like final fantasy games usually in there um and just oh, game, yeah yeah games that people so this is that's what uh that's what worked for me there, there could definitely be other routes that i haven't even considered but that that's what worked for me those really strong passionate fan bases for not necessarily the game of the moment Right, because again, you could be amazing at at Valorant. You could be unbelievably good, but if, you, if you're, you're just starting out, good? how on earth are people gonna find you? <laughs> yeah. Right, right. You'll yeah. be at the way down at the bottom with everyone else on zero to one viewers, and like, unless you have the most insane setup ever, <laughs> like, it's very unlikely people are are gonna click on you at the beginning. I'll, I yeah. mean, I'll even counter on that. Like, you can have the most incredible, insane setup, and it's not going to bring you more viewers. Like, if you have nice lights, uh, an amazing microphone, you know, a great camera quality, that's cool. And like, your already current viewers might appreciate it more. But like, you know, I've seen, I've gone into some streams with people who have zero viewers, one viewer, two viewers, and they have, you know, Sure SM7B microphone. They have like a super high quality DSLR camera. Like it, it looks like they could be super top of the line. Um, they have like a super top of the line stream setup, but maybe they're not communicating. Maybe they're not talking. Maybe they're not, you know, there's so many other aspects aside from like the gear that one has that creates that community that people fall in love with. Um, and a great example, I, always always love to talk about is my awesome friend dahlia the monkey she just hit partner dahlia, yeah. she gets she's great love dahlia dahlia is amazing she gets crazy amount of views she is a absolute kick-ass streamer she doesn't have super fancy overlays or anything at all she literally streams straight from her uh playstation 4 literally just straight yep. from the ps4 and she's killing it and hit partner and she's a testament that you just have to have really good personality just really want to make friends just really want to build a community like i like you're streaming for them like i'm here to stream for you we're all in this together kind of mentality and she's just a testament that that's a hundred percent what it's all about did did you see her she posted in her discord her actual stream setup like she took a photo i haven't i haven't seen it's it. just a sofa a coffee table with a laptop on it and like a lamp and like that's it it's so basic right it's the most basic ever but she's done fantastically and i'm so pleased for her she's so <laughs> inspirational in that mentality because yeah just she is such a testament to people are there for her they're there to hang out with her community they're there to watch her kick ass at games I, it also helps that she is an absolute a plus video game player like she slays a video game she's good she's so good <laughs> i said that to her the other day it's like 
I was just messing with her. It's like, Dahlia is surprisingly good at games. Because <laughs> a lot of her clips are her boofing it oh, and like, dying terribly. But she is crushed. She is knocking these games out of the park, like one after the other. And hard games, too. Yeah. So, like, kudos to her. She's she's uh, relentless. She's um, just quite the, quite the gamer. I completely agree. I'm, I've, I've been playing Dark Souls 2 for like a month now or a month and a half. And through that time, I think she's already gone through like two or three games. So she just absolutely slays. <laughs> um, another one, though, that I would love to ask you, what is one thing you absolutely have loved about streaming on Twitch since you began? That is definitely meeting people, community, like getting to know people. It was wild. Beginning on Twitch, I had such an odd view of Twitch when I began. I just thought it was people, streamers just doing their thing, and then people kind of complimenting them. <laughs> and that's where the buck stopped. I never really, truly considered that you can connect and make genuine connections with people, uh, like in your chat or that watching a streamer, you being in chat, talking to them. And then as I've used Twitch more and more, as I, as I got used to it, I see that there are real connections you can make here. There, there are fantastic people who it's amazing. You, you never would have run into them if it weren't for a platform like this, if it wasn't for this, uh, this thing that can bring us all together over mutual loves of, of stuff. <laughs> and so meeting people through this, I've made some really cool friendships, uh, some met such wonderful people and discovered some really cool things. And it's it's all thanks to, yeah, the, being able to communicate in such a unique and interesting in the moment kind of way. So that, that's been, that's definitely number one for me. Twitch is crazy because there's so much content on it that's not even just video game related, you know, whether it's like art streams or music streams or, like craft streams or IRL streams. Like it just feels like a live streaming platform that is, I feel, I mean, video games are still probably the majority of it, but it feels like that's kind of being slipped away a little bit in the sense where now it's just a live streaming platform that people can do whatever they want with. And once you start streaming, you definitely can quickly realize that it's all about community and just building those relationships, hanging out with friends and, yeah, I, I agree. I think the best thing about streaming on Twitch is the interconnectivity you get between everybody, between communities, meeting other communities, friends, meeting other friends, finding common interests in maybe the game you're playing or music streams or whatever they pop in to see you. And um, it's it, it's been a life changing experience um, for, for myself. So many so others true. I've talked to, it, it's just been especially during like what happened last year in 2020, people being locked home and having whether they're still streaming now or they're you know they just mostly lurk or, or hang out or chatter like as a viewer it's become such a huge social social part of people's lives i feel like it's incredible yeah just amazing what it's done for so many people especially in the last year yeah just yeah mind-blowing sometimes it makes me wonder and i don't i don't mean to be a downer about it but it makes me wonder what's gonna happen like when everyone when hopefully everything is sorted and we can go back to our normal regular lives where we don't have to be at home as much like what's gonna happen then i like to think it's gonna be 
us all finally being able to meet each other <laughs> right, right irl and stuff which would be so so cool uh but yeah how is twitch going to evolve i think there's a another step on its way for twitch i and think I'm, I'm interested to see I think we're even kind of seeing that a little bit now um like summertime there's a lot of people have said they've seen a drop in viewership numbers or seen a drop in like a, a lot of people popping into their chats as much so maybe it's because some parts of the world are opening back up maybe it's you know people going back to their jobs spending less time on twitch summer's out so it's you know for a lot of people going out into the the real world out there um yeah, <laughs> heaven forbid heaven forbid right out in the sunlight but yeah but it, it's, it's... Couldn't, couldn't be happier for those people though that's that's great you know I fantastic absolutely <laughs> it'll live be those live your life live your best um, life yolo live your best life <laughs> <laughs> why not um oh, man, yeah. oh and that's the other thing yeah being in being in asia being all the way over here i never thought it would growing up i didn't have people around me who are interested in the same type of things that i was very commonly it just wasn't very big in the uk so i don't know being able to find all of those people now even though i'm half the world away is crazy to me <laughs> i'm nowhere near the western side of the world of america the uk like uh but just doing this from where i am and I'm still connecting with people. It's it's mind blowing. It really is. It really is. The fact that you can just not only make friends with similar interests, but you can make friends from people all around the world. Like I said earlier, you know, with different cultures, different languages, different interests, uh, and you can just find something that brings you together. And I mean, I, I mean, I I have friends in Thailand, in Japan, in Australia, in Brazil. You know everywhere all throughout the entire world now and it's it's so fascinating to talk to people just about just their everyday life and and it's interesting because so many of us have we live in such different places with different cultures and everything but we all still live very similar lives like like we mentioned earlier we're all in this this game called life together this simulation called life <laughs> <laughs> this matrix that we cannot escape from <laughs> right right oh that's a whole another argument if, if we're like in a yeah, simulation or not have you ever given that any thought oh the whole uh, philosoph uh philosophy debate yeah yeah <laughs> i used to talk about that with a couple of friends like ah if you really think about it and then it became so mind expanding i was right. like all right Let's I need bring to, it back. <laughs> I need to hug something real quick. <laughs> right. I mean, if you think about it, yeah, it's vi video games like 40 years ago. I, I was talking to you about this uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Like video games 40 years ago was just little Mario popping up and down on the screen. And now you have games like Red Dead Redemption 2 and, and Cyberpunk that are like so borderline realistic like pretty much everything i feel like modern video games now really high-end graphical games have gotten so good at everything except maybe the faces of humans but literally everything else <laughs> you could like photo mode take a screenshot of like anything and i could be convinced that that's a real life photo like graphics have gotten that good um faces are still probably the hardest aspect to nail down because there's something psychological where you can look and be like I, I know it's a face. I know it's a human face, but I can still see that it's a video game, you know? Yeah, that uncanny valley. They're, they're right. working on it. They're getting 
really good. horrendously close, <laughs> like right. scarily close in some cases. But but yeah, wasn't there a case a while ago that the news used a piece of game footage and reported it as real because they didn't realize it was a video game? I didn't hear that. I wouldn't be surprised yeah, no, though. I. I forget what game it was, but yeah, <laughs> it just took some game footage. It's like, look, here are scenes happening right now. <laughs> Probably like Microsoft Flight Simulator <laughs> or something. Oh, maybe. Forget. Uh, it might have been something Metal Gear related, actually, with that particular one I'm thinking of. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's wild. Oh, also the, um, do you know that game series, the latest stuff they made was the Dark chronicle like man and madan thing they did um dead by no not dead by daylight the until dawn you know that that team i don't I know think if they're I uh well their their face technology is incredible like it's so because they get real actors and they scan it in it looks yeah. wild the only thing is they it's still there's something about the mouths the way they like over enunciate words but only with the mouth not with the speech mm. it's like all right we're not quite there yet interesting but they're close they're real close yeah i mean i remember watching like when i was a kid watching like final fantasy 7 advent children have you ever seen that movie the cloud and Sephiroth <laughs> yeah, movie? I've watched it. right it, i had a movie night uh, with my uh with my community after i finished seven I was like all right let's watch advent children together <laughs> there's there's so much so much bad about it but there is some good about it but like <laughs> it i remember watching that as yeah. a kid and i'm like dude these graphics look so good and and now video games you that you can play in real time in video games look better than that movie like it's it's mind-blowing which is insane they actually back in the day they had like legitimate supercomputers putting these things together yeah. and now it's like i could do that on the laptop you know it's like for some for some people it's amazing where technology is going i think i read that when pixar was making toy story every single frame took like they'd have to have the computer i could be wrong on this but I, I swear i remember something about toy story one where every single frame of the movie they would have to like let it export it would take like an hour or two just to like render in the entirety of the frame and now we have like such advanced cpus and gpus we can pretty much do that stuff real time which is just yeah it's just a testament to technology and how far it's come and i mean that kind of brings me back on the whole simulation thing i was mentioning is like yeah 40 years ago mario was jumping up and down in 2d on a little screen and now we have red dead redemption 2 and cyberpunk and what are graphics going to be like a hundred years from now you know uh yeah i know i remember i'm not even this might have just been a a lie <laughs> that somebody told me at some point and i took it as gospel <laughs> when i was young um i heard a rumor somebody told me that oh after the GameCube, Nintendo are going to stop making video games because graphics can't get any better. And I, and when they told me that, I looked at, I looked at the water effects in um, Star Fox Adventures. I was yeah. like, I think you're right. I think it can't get better than this. <laughs> you know, it's so fascinating about like, look that. Look how though. good this water looks. And now, <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> What's so fascinating about that specifically is Nintendo's always been the company who focuses on graphics but in like such a different way like they're not about they're so, yeah it's all about the style it's yeah. not about how the crazy realism. impressive it's going to be it's like the sort of tone and, and distinctive edge that or yeah flashiness that they have that make it really pop right stand out. 
And I think that's just, uh, you know, a big reason why people love Nintendo games so much is because they focus so heavily on getting the gameplay and the story down so good. And then the graphics, they try to get them as like an art style, like a type of art style that's not realistic. They're not going for that. Am I playing a... Is this the world I'm playing as? These graphics are so real, like they're not going for that. They're going for like Legend of Zelda, Breath of the Wild kind of stuff, or they're going for Kirby or Mario. And yeah, kind of like Pixar movies, you know? It's so incredible to watch them and the graphics are so amazing, but it's a different kind of amazing. Oh yeah, it's like, it's not real life, but it's incredible, like the just the sort of imagery and animation they're putting together it's so lifelike but it's not real lifelike but it's lifelike right. yeah that right. kind of thing yeah is this real life or is this just fantasy <laughs> <laughs> um i was actually while we were talking about that i was thinking like i wonder if we'll ever get some kind of you know how they have like playstation cameras or the xbox connect that kind of do like movements and stuff i wonder if we could ever yeah. get to a point where we have like a camera scan you and then create like a character of you in the game and not like a, a Wii kind of character, but like a actual looking decoy <laughs> yeah. manta no, 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 you're playing, like playing in Red Dead Redemption 2. That would be wild. I mean, for I think different games have experimented with that concept at different points. I, I could not name them, but I know that there's been things like upload your photo and we'll, we'll create your avatar kind of thing. Right. But if you see what is happening now with VR, and I, I think you know of uh, Code Miko, like yes. the stuff that she's doing. Did Amazing. you see her new model that she was testing? I haven't. It's insane. Like it's different from her standard model. It's like even higher. It's crazy just how responsive it is. It's wow. So if that can be applied, if you can just take the full scan, put on the suit, you're in a game, that's that's not wild. unrealistic that'd be yeah. wild like 50 years from now you're playing red dead redemption 5 and it's literally like your body your everything your face like you're in the game that would be so weird but cool yeah but weird to see um <laughs> i and wonder I mean, what, yeah what what the call-off point is like are they gonna have a reactive suit that like shoots you like right. when you get shot right um What's the call I, we're kind of there already in a sense where you have like character creation models where like beginning of the game you create your character you create your avatar and everything so we're kind of like somewhat there but like it, it's gonna be fascinating to see just how more personal it gets in the future as technology evolves as cameras get sharper as you know graphics can render at higher resolution and just the texture it's gonna be fascinating and terrifying at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and even the other part where people become other people entirely but right. it's still yeah where, <laughs> that where they don't take on who they are within games they just create an entirely new person and if that's taken to the next level yeah. how real can that get yeah like I'm so just, interesting i'm just over here playing apex legends with pokimane but not the real pokimane but a Pokemane, but, but yeah, it's definitely her. <laughs> right? It's, I promise. I promise it's her. Right. Um, kind of on the whole side of like what you love streaming on Twitch. Conversely, what is one thing you do not enjoy about streaming on Twitch? Huh. That's cool. What do I not enjoy? 
Hmm. <laughs> so that's a real tough one. I think one part is Twitch itself has some issues. I think mm -hmm. they're always reactionary um, yeah. in a lot of the ways that they deal with things. And um, they don't really seem to be having users best interests at heart a lot of the time it feels like we are a corporate company we will only respond if if somebody dies or like something is yeah. really extreme um so i a lot of instances you see that just it happens people are abandoned or left or ignored or terrible stuff goes on for far too long um, in some cases so i think it's kind of unpleasant to look at that or or see that happening. Um, but for me personally, that that's that's so tough because it's just it's been it's been a lot of fun. So oh, I would say the one thing I don't enjoy, I guess, is the amount of pressure that I end up putting on myself. And I know that a lot of people do this. Um, even if it's not livelihood, even more so, if it, it is for somebody's livelihood, I'm sure. But sometimes we fall into this mindset that we have to like, have to be stream. at a level. We have to perform. We have to not let people down. We have to not let yourself down. We, have to, we yeah. get so in our heads that we lose perspective of maybe why we're doing this in the first place or um, that this is ultimately it's fun or we're doing it because we like it slash love it and um yeah coming down so hard on yourself i feel so many people slip into that and it, it can be triggered by so many things um so that's one thing that's that's a struggle it almost feels in a sense that people put pressure on themselves because they don't want to let their friends down or their community down not that you're letting anybody down in the sense if you're you know calling in to streaming for like a mental health day or something comes up but like yeah mm -hmm. I, um i i totally feel that myself if there's ever days where like i call in from streaming i just always feel terrible throughout the whole day and every everybody's always so supportive like take your day off rest well you know have a mental health day it's super important but then i'm just like I let everybody down. I let everybody yeah, down. I'm so sorry. Right, right. <laughs> Don't look at me. Right. Yeah, draw but the curtains. It's, it's <laughs> so true, though. Like, we, we do put... A lot of people do put a lot of pressure on themselves. And I don't know if it's to stay competitive i don't know if that's quite the word to, but it's yeah like or just stay on schedule or just have consistency is maybe the word i was thinking of like to stay consistent with streaming um so yeah I, I definitely think myself and a lot of people can relate to that this idea that you know it's on the schedule that i'm streaming tonight for better or for worse we're going to stream tonight and uh yeah the problem with that though is like if, if you're having a mental health day or something came up it, it's it can affect the stream if you don't go into it with like full gung-ho i'm gonna do the best i can if you go into it with the idea that you have stuff weighing on yourself mentally i don't know but some people are different some people like use streaming as an escape and they want to escape from that by streaming and other people bring that to them with streaming so i guess it's case by case person by person basis but yeah as long as in yourself you're like yeah don't just don't put too much pressure on yourself because it, it can it can be a weight on your shoulders that's a good one for sure yeah i've had that um have you had that out of interest where you're kind of having a eh day and you weren't sure 
but then a couple of people jumped into chat it's like oh hey guys how's it going and then the day massively improves like yes that can definitely happen yeah especially like times where i'm like sitting at my computer right before i go press the go live button and i'm just like oh man i just don't know if i'm feeling it today like i, I just don't have that oomph in me and then right when a lot of my regular friends pop in you know like fortune and king and zach and just so many people they pop in and i'm like yo guys what's up and then just it's, it's, it's off from <laughs> That's there exactly what it sounds like yeah <laughs> it's, it's so much hype and just energy and yeah like people people it, it, it's it's hard to stress just how important it is or just how how much of a connection people pop in every single day like every single time i'm streaming and like somebody pops in I just get so excited. I, I'm, I'm like, I get so excited to talk to these people who I talk to every single day. And like, how's your day going? What's going on? What you got planned today? Are you streaming later? What's new in life? How's work? How's just, just it's, it's yeah. I I've told, I've said it before. It almost feels like streaming is such a, a two way street. Like in the sense, like I'm providing entertainment and value for people, but them being here is also helping me. And it's, it's such a two way relationship, a, a real genuine, oh honest two-way relationship and it's it's i hope everybody that streams can experience that because it's it's an incredible feeling it's the best part i hope so too yes absolutely yes. um a little bit outside of streaming wise though outside of content creation streaming what are some other hobbies that you do enjoy in your off time oh <laughs> well i <laughs> i love video games so um that's that's something I'm going to be doing off stream on stream anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but outside of that, um, I got a bit of the acting bug in me. I like, I like acting. It's not just voice acting. That's been a lot of fun. Um, but I was doing acting, uh, to, to a degree in my spare time as well, like on camera stuff. And that was kind of, yeah, I, there were a couple of things coming up, like a few short films. It's like, this is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, but of course, that's on hold. Uh, apart from that, I love movies. I love reading. Uh, I love reading books. I've, I took a long break from reading books. It's just being an adult. <laughs> then uh, lately, I started getting back into that, and that's been a really nice thing. Um, Any and... good books recently? Oh, uh, so I went through a phase. I read so much fantasy when I was young, just like so much. Yeah, and then. Uh, I started reading more real life stories, like things that actually happened, historical things. And, but recently I tried to get back into fantasy. So I'm reading The Way of Kings by uh, Brandon Sanderson. If you know, I, I hope I got his name right. <laughs> be embarrassing, but fantastic author. Oh my days. And he blasts books out. He's like the anti george r, r. martin <laughs> i was gonna say yeah <laughs> he just gets a, like two books out a year or something he's unstoppable wow <laughs> thousands of pages sometimes like stephen <laughs> king right, maybe that's an exaggeration stephen king's the same he, yeah <laughs> he and his books are great i'm almost done with one and i've already uh, like got some of the others i cannot wait to get through those as well just fantastic writer nice nice yeah. sorry what were we gonna say Oh, uh, not too much else. Apart from that, I just, I liked hanging out with friends and, and exercising, but that's not really, I haven't been doing that too much. Yeah. <laughs> but we still, we still catch up. We still have our calls and, you know, do things. 
Yeah. Um, I've always do you, with reading books specifically, do you ever find yourself listening to audiobooks or are you more of a I, like paper kind of like physical reader? I love paper. I love physical reading, but I have been getting to audiobooks as well lately. Yeah, for sure. It's yep. a lot of great books um, that I listen to. That's uh, just really, really great ones. Like Educated by Tara Westover, I think, and um, Wild Swans. Completely forgotten the author for that, but that was a fascinating book. And uh, yeah, just, just great, <laughs> great stuff out there. I've always felt like... I've always felt like with video games, video games are like that perfect middle ground between the in-depthness of a book and the detail of a book and the cinematic experience of a movie. Like a video game is like that perfect marriage of the two of them where you get to have all that detail, all that richness, all that um, preciseness um, and seeing the world through a character's perspective while also having that visual feast for your eyes so to say so the video games are just like such a perfect marriage of the two you're so right yeah having um an active what participation in playing out a story like being along for the ride or being the one to experience the, the this tale or whatever it is you're doing that's that's amazing <laughs> that's so cool and um a huge part of why i love video games so much i totally agree video games are I'm happy that as we've gotten older, it seems more and more common and, you know, people are viewing video games as art. They're viewing video games in like a positive aspect. No longer are you like the nerdy kid at school because you like video games. Like most, pretty much the whole school now plays video games. So, um, (laughs) it's- Oh my God, that reminds me, yeah, of just, in the UK, not many people know about, um, when I was in school, at least, not many people knew about like anime like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so i was one of the outliers who i would like occasionally read manga um in class and the only exposure that people back then had to anime was like the n- not safe for work stuff that was in Ooh. the banners of websites back then <laughs> so, gotcha <laughs> so they just see me reading this manga it's like oh what are you looking at oh is that <laughs> like hentai or something are you reading hentai yeah, like, are you reading porn it's like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So, uh, yeah, I needed to stop reading that at school. Didn't want to get a reputation. <laughs> I mean, I mean to each their own, right? We all have our our, our own vices in and of <laughs> themselves. Do it in school, though. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um no, that's 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 really funny. I mean, like in a sense, but now, what about yeah, everybody knows it, respects it. It's really it's great. A little late, but it's fine. <laughs> right. It's and it's it's even funny when you hear like older generations complaining about younger generations reading um or like playing video games and stuff like as they're on their smartphone playing Candy Crush or Farmville <laughs> or whatever Facebook video game of of the week is for them. And I'm like, it's My dad is such a hypocrite for that, yeah. <laughs> or, or even even not like the video games themselves, but like chess or or like board games like it's it's something so human in each one of us that we want to play games with each other and we want to have this slight fun competition and enjoy ourselves and we've been doing it for thousands of years you know playing go playing chess and checkers and monopoly and and now it's it's in the form of video games and it's it's so fascinating i always say it but humans are such interesting creatures (laughs) we evolve in the most inefficient way possible but we're always evolving 
<laughs> very true very so, true <laughs> so my friend decoy i got two last questions for you number one in uh, your own words what does streaming mean to you my friend streaming to me is so much about community it's so much about meeting people and sharing passions uh i love video games and being but that has been a gateway on twitch to meet fantastic people to find really fascinating things to broaden my horizons in such a such a wonderful way at such a difficult time i think streaming has just done that for me and in a way i hope i've been able to provide that for other people and that other people can get the chance to have that same experience i love it 100 percent. it's just all about community and friendships i sorry if we've said it like 10 gajillion times but really that's <laughs> I know. like I feel, I feel like we really but it's so true uh, like drove it home but it's yeah I mean, people Come can on. play like people can play video games in their off time, but we choose to stream it for that social interaction to be able to have people pop in to talk to people about their day. And yeah, it's just all about that communication and building community and just building friendships a million percent. Very last one for you, my friend. Where can all of our viewers and listeners connect with you online? All right, so as you may have guessed, I am on Twitch. My name is Decoy Manta, one word. Um, so you can catch me there. I also have a Discord that I'm pretty active in, uh, and I have a Twitter and an Instagram. The lucky thing about being called Decoy Manta is that no one else is using that name. So <laughs> you can just search for that name and you'll find me on everything, I think. Uh, yeah, come hang out. I'd be happy to have you. And links for all of Decoy Manta's socials are going to be down in the description below 100%. So definitely go check out Decoy. Drop a follow. You will not want to miss out on Decoy Manta. We all need some Decoy in our life, if I'm being honest. We, we all need some Zeph just as much, if not more. Oh, I see what <laughs> you did there. Um, <laughs> thank you all so much for watching and listening to this week's episode of the Zephcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm. It really does help the channel out a lot. And if you want to see more of your favorite content creators, streamers, and podcasters in the near future, don't forget to subscribe. It's absolutely free to do so. And we'll be having even more exciting content coming up soon. Thank you all again for being here. Zephyr's XP, Decoy Manta. I'll catch you all in the next ones, my friends. Much love, everybody.